everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 164 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. We got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, just some quick housekeeping before we get going. Uh, a lot of you patrons, you need to check your inboxes on Patreon. Uh, I've been trying to reach out to you guys to get your mailing addresses to send you guys stickers. I think maybe half of the people that we reached out to have actually responded so far. Uh, so make sure you check your inbox on Patreon if you're pledging $15 or more per month. Uh, we are waiting to send you some fun stuff, so please do that. Folks who are on YouTube, totally cool that you're watching it on YouTube for free, but if you can, it'd be great if you could help us with Twitch Prime. It's completely free. You can give us $2.50 for doing pretty much nothing. Uh, all the directions are down below in the description, and we would really appreciate it. It's been a slow week in games, but a big week in game stories. Yeah. Yeah. I had a plan Not for Not much coming out, but there's a whole lot coming out. Yeah, exactly. I had this whole episode laid out. I did all the pre-production late last night for the show, and then we get up today, and a bunch of big stories hit. So the show's rundown has changed on the fly for this episode, but I think it's going to be better for it. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. The first topic we're going to discuss this week is undoubtedly the biggest, well, actually before today it would have been the biggest story. Yeah, I think uh, it's a bigger one. There is a bigger yeah. one now that we'll get to later on in the show. Uh, but before that, the biggest story of the week was undoubtedly Star Wars Celebration, which happened this past weekend. Uh, they debuted, technically they debuted one game because the other game had was known about, but they showed kind mm -hmm. of the first footage of it. But obviously the big story for our audience out of Star Wars Celebration is Star Wars Jedi from Respawn. Uh, we've been waiting a long time to see this game. A couple days before it was unveiled at Star Wars Celebration, or the day before, uh, Vince had announced that it was a single-player-only mm -hmm. game with no microtransactions, so that made people happy right out of the gate. Uh, and then the next day, they showed the debut trailer. The response to this has not been overwhelmingly positive. No. Um, and one thing I will say that we're starting people to... People were hoping for gameplay. Yeah. Which, not an unreasonable expectation seven months from... Release. release. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll see it at, at E3. Yep. One new thing we are doing on Game Face is we are running weekly Twitter polls on our Twitter feed. And uh, we're going to poll you guys on a topic, and then we're going to discuss the topic in the show, and then share what you guys thought about the topic at the end. So we did do a poll for this game this week, and we'll get to the results of that poll as we sort of wind up this topic. But one thing I would say about the no gameplay thing, and I felt I feel like they did a pretty good job explaining this during the presentation, was that this isn't E3, this isn't mm -hmm. Gamescom, this isn't GDC, where they would be more likely to show the gameplay. This is Star Wars Celebration, where maybe erroneously they assume that most of the people that were watching were Star Wars fans and not necessarily video game fans. And therefore they thought, and maybe this is just an excuse. If you're a video be, game fan and you're tuning into Star Wars Celebration, you're probably also a Star Wars fan. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but they basically said that that's why they decided to show a story trailer instead of a gameplay trailer. They did say that this was all done in-engine. These are the character models and mm -hmm. the environments from the game. Which is part of the problem because it doesn't look as you know mind-blowing as your average CG trailer. Right, because it's, because it's real time. It's, yeah, it's game assets. It's not real. They said specifically said it wasn't real time. They okay, it was so they're saying rendered in engine with in-game assets. So okay, you're probably you're probably still looking at like the PC version on Ultra here. Yeah, yeah. You know? Which means on Xbox One X it might look close to this. Slightly, yeah. yeah. But you're probably still. Looking, It'll be in the ballpark. You're looking at an idealized version. Yeah. More, pretty yeah. Much. If, you, if basically you're looking at the version of this that you'll play on PlayStation Five. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 
when it comes down to it, or some future beefy PC rig that you have. Beefy. Now, Matt, as a gigantic Star Wars fan, in fact, the biggest Star Wars fan that I know in my life, and I would say someone who knows more about Star Wars than anyone I have ever met, how do you feel about it? Looks good. I mean, it looks like a better Star Wars story than the Star Wars story movies. <laughs> like, I would rather see... I'd rather they made this movie than Rogue One or Solo, that's uh, for sure. I would disagree with Rogue um, One. Solo, I mean, Rogue I'd One, agree with. Here's the thing. Rogue One's only, only good because the last 30 minutes is giant Star Wars porn. Yeah, um, it is. If you take that away, I would say that Rogue One and Solo both have similar... We don't really know what the first two acts are supposed to be or who these characters are problems. It's just Rogue One ends... With, with a flourish. Just sla sma sla sma you're just sla smashing Star Wars toys together. Yeah. And the end of Ro Solo is people arguing in an office. Yeah, I didn't so make it through Solo. I two, fell asleep before I made it to the things. end of the movie. Um, I didn't, Solo is the first Star Wars movie I have not bought on disc. Because, I can understand that. Well, I didn't hate it. It was re I thought it was boring. It and was I, boring. I don't see the point of it. And I cannot imagine ever wanting to watch it again. Yeah, I couldn't stay awake. I, even... I do think it's better than Attack of the Clones, but Attack of the Clones is part of the story. Right. And Solo is completely disposable. Yeah. Uh, and and any, if you really did have any questions about how he got any of his stuff or his name or anything, um, I don't know why you would because none of it's important. Uh, the answer is some guy gave it to him. Every, <laughs> every single one. Every single one of the things is like, how do you get his blaster? Some guy gave it to him. How do you get his name? Some guy gave it to him. Yeah. How do you get that ship? Some guy gave it to him. Like, it's just it's an easy plot device. How do you yeah. get his belt buckle? Some guy gave it to him. And then he never got another belt buckle for the rest of his life. It's, it's stupid. I Maybe we should summarize the plot of this yeah. first. We didn't do that. So this one, Fallen Order takes place, uh, looks like a couple years, a few years after uh, episode three. Um... Order 66 has Which been given. Which is Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Order 66 has been given. Um, you should the, tell me what Order 66 is. Order 66 is the... Uh, really? Yeah, you <laughs> should. Not everyone's a huge Star Wars fan. But if you've seen it, Order 66 is the uh, the order that Palpatine gives in Episode 3 to uh, for the, the stormtroopers to all turn... The clone troopers to all turn on their Jedi generals and massacre them and wipe out the Jedi Order. Um, but it is, it has been established in non-movie stuff that several Jedi survived other than just Yoda and, and Obi-Wan. Um, and, uh, this is basically the story of a Padawan named, uh, Cal, uh, which for... C-A-L, uh, C-A-L, right? yeah. uh, which for, um, uh, California natives, uh, just reminds us of Cal Worthington. <laughs> and his dog Spot. Uh, go uh, YouTube. You search that on YouTube. Cal Worthington is dog Spot, um, and he is a Padawan. He's a young, you know, young tra Jedi trainee who somehow survives and uh, goes underground, basically, and is working in a cell, like you see here. He's working in a salvage operation, which is cutting apart, you know, mothballed Clone Wars starships. And looks like one of his friends has an accident, and to save his life, he uses the Force, and that gives him away. And an Inquisitor comes after him. Uh, as part of the Jedi Purge. And we have wall running because it is the Titanfall people. Um, <laughs> um, so it's basically you're, you're going to end up on the run uh, and at some point, I guess, re-embrace re your Jedi heritage as you come out, as you get attacked by this uh, uh, Inquisitor who uh, has been seen once before. In, Where? Uh, in a comic book, in a Darth Vader, I think it's Darth I say, Vader I don't remember ever book. seeing in the films. No, no, it wasn't in the films. Nothing's in the films. Uh, it, the, uh, there's a comic book, Darth Vader, I think 19, you see her in the back of one, in, in one panel. Like okay. in a group of Inquisitors and she's standing there. And that was from a while ago, so they've been setting this up. Wow. For a while. They, 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 <laughs> 
That's there's some a, forward a, thinking. There's a plan here, uh, like the Cylons, and also she kind of looks like a Cylon. So. Yeah. Uh, and there's a nice touch there where, and they point, they did point it out in the in the the presentation where she's got her hand on the canopy and is like breaking through the force, but she's also using the force to mess with the stick of the of the ship and like yeah. throwing them all out of control. Like uh, it looks cool. I mean, it looks cool. Like like the idea I, of a I Jedi. I don't see anything on the wrong run. with this story at no. all. Well, it seems like a lot of the feedback, people were not happy with it. They don't like the character. They don't like the setting. The character's a little, I mean, the character's a little generic. Um, it's just sort of like, okay, another, there's a kid. There's a, I mean, he looks a little bit like Anakin. I mean, I know he's played by the guy, I can't remember his name. He, play, he was on uh, Shameless, and uh, he was one of the characters who might be the Joker in Gotham. Uh, he's a good actor, but, like, uh, he looks a little too much like Anakin for me. Like, he looks a little, like, you know, he's a young, white kid with a kind of bushy hair on top you know you just i'm like okay it looks kind of like anakin part two yeah um like it would have been nice to be able to kind of create your character a little bit like you know is i mean jedi academy did that they let you yeah you, know, you design your character a little bit and just use the same voice but I, if you're doing all this motion capture performance capture stuff you're kind of locked into whoever you've chosen the character to be do you think lucas maybe mandates that stuff oh it's all luke yeah, yeah it's all lucas that's what i figured Lucasfilm has maybe they have creative. a plan for this character for the future. They might. I mean, I'm sure, I would guess they usually keep their stuff pretty separate. So I would guess that you would see Cal in future games. Like they would be planning this as like a a, a series, and you would see more games from probably Respawn or at the very least Stig um, moving forward. And maybe he might get you know. There's usually comic book spinoffs or whatever. You, you, you could maybe maybe you could see uh, if they were thinking real far ahead and the synergy was really in place. You got that new season of Clone Wars coming up. Maybe was, maybe you'll see him, like in training or something briefly, uh, and someone will just be like, "Cal, hold your lightsaber straight" or something, right. or something like that. Like that would be a fun yeah. thing to do. Um, basically, look, I think uh, was it Vince. Somebody described it as um, Force Unleashed without all the '90s extreme nonsense, which is what we're seeing right now. Which, by the uh, way, this yeah. is Force Unleashed that we're seeing now. So, uh, except and not quite as edgy. You know, like he's. I don't, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of, like, dark side, light side temptation happening with Cal. He seems pretty solidly... Seems like it's just a survival Light side, story. but he's just got to survive this yeah. onslaught. You know, sim- a little similar to what they did in Rebels with the Inquisitor yeah. chasing them. Yep. Um, but I like the idea. Uh, I'm curious, like, you know, they've already kind of gone into discussions about, like, oh, once you're more leveled up, you can go back and do previous levels and, like, find new things or attack them differently or whatever. And I'm like... Okay, so, so are so there RPG elements? Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there's upgrades one way or yeah. the other. But it's it, like the way they're talking about it and already talking about like going back and replaying things, it makes me wonder how long this is. Right. Uh, you know, it might be more of like a standard 8 to 10 hour yeah. single player thing. Um, which, I don't know. Like, I, I, I know people were kind of hoping for more of a third person action RPG sort of thing. I don't think that was ever I don't in think the cards, that, yeah, I, really. think, I think you're looking more at a God of War game with lightsabers. Yeah, I don't think that... You, I don't know if you'd want Respawn making a game like that right out of the gate anyway. Well, Maybe it's something they build to as they keep making these games. Yeah, I mean, it's like you can't just start with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, I um, mean, even Ubisoft didn't, so... So it's uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. They, they talked a little bit about how the combat is, but it was all like, kind of buried under PR, you know, PR perky speak. Well, it was weird because the whole... And I think that's why a lot of people are put off by this game a little bit is because it wasn't debuted the way video games are typically debuted. Mm-hmm. It was debuted at this pop culture conference where games are just kind of on the periphery and they're not the focus. And I think that came through in the presentation. The presentation was weird. 
You could tell a lot of the people who were on stage with Respawn didn't know a lot about video games. Yeah. But, like, it's just, you know, it's Star Wars Celebration more than anything else. Yeah. Um, you can also see how, you know, the host was kind of cringy. Oh, yeah, yeah, very cringy. Um, yeah. Just because it it's so corporate, chirpy, like, everything's awesome, everything's great, oh, we can't wait to see that and again. Thing. all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, you know, we've seen that happen with, you know, Star Wars live streams and everything like that. Like, that's just how they roll. Yeah. Um, also just sort of, how, you know, it is also how Disney rolls. Yeah, but like, that's but, what I was going to say. Yeah, but Lucasfilm's been doing that for much longer than they were bought by, you know, any kind yeah. of, like, thing like that. There's, there's a face and there's a, there's a tone and that's it, you know. Um, and everyone's kind of got that, but it just feels a little more artificial here for some reason, just because, especially because, like, when you've just got Vince sitting there and be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he <laughs> was like, very casual. He, like, Vince doesn't play along, really, yeah. with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you could tell, like, you know, people there are more interested in Star Wars than games. Yeah. But the interesting thing was, like, you still saw a lot of Star Wars fans, like, kind of, you know, afterward being like, well, I mean, I'm inter- this story looks cool, but, like, I want to know what I'm doing. I want to know the, how it's going to play yeah. and what it's going to feel like to play it. And you can have the guy who plays Cal up there talking about how, oh, it felt heavy and, and powerful. and everything. But, of course, he's going to say that, you know. You I need- think the sad truth, really, though, is that we kind of already know how it's going to play. I don't know about that. Like it's uh, you know it's Stig. Like he does good, did good combat in the past. I'm sure he has some ideas about how a lightsaber should. Be. Frankly, if it was up to me, and uh, no, it's too late for this now, but I'm just like, just take Sekiro's combat system and make a Star Wars game with it. Yeah. Because that game that that is that captures the whole kind of clash back and forth element. And the make one mistake. And make you one die. mistake, you die. Like yeah. it, it, you know, it really drives home the idea that these things you're fighting with are lethal objects. Yeah. Um, it would be actually a pretty good starting point for a yeah. for a Star Wars game. I highly um, doubt that's going to be. I the don't case. think it's going to be as complex <laughs> as that. Yeah. But I do feel like there's going to be um, a little more respect paid to the because one of the things about uh, I didn't like Force Unleashed at all. Most people um, didn't. I mean, even I'm a Star somebody Wars fan did because that's the only review I ever got death threats from. Wow. I gave it a two <laughs> You're out. You're lucky. Of, you only got one. <laughs> I gave it a two out of five, and people lost their minds because <laughs> it's Star Wars. Because it's Star Wars. You were yeah. absolutely on the money, though. Um, yeah, I don't think it's very good. Uh, nobody does. Very good at all. Um, and part of the problem is because you know the the lightsaber is a Nerf bat. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no respect paid to how da- how dangerous that thing is. But if you see like the motion capture stuff that's in that the other footage that we have for this game, like it looks like that's what they're doing though. I mean, they're actually they're fighting with Nerf swords. Like, well, they don't have real lightsabers. Yeah, so. obviously not. But I don't know. Watching this mocap, do I see anything that looks any different than any other? sword-based game I've played. Well, no, but they're... I mean, these are just, like, probably cutscenes. Yeah. I mean, you're not doing this for, uh, you know, gameplay, necessarily. Like, I'm not too worried about that. I think it'll be decent. Um, Coming out November 15th, right? Is that what it was? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So not long to wait. No, right right in the middle of uh, pre-Black Friday. I mean, you uh, figure E3... They'll probably show us a 10, 15-minute gameplay, something or other of it. Maybe. I mean, they're not doing a press conference. Right. So maybe on the stream or maybe something playable or something on the floor. I don't know. On I'm, what floor? On EA's personal floor. Yeah, miles well, they're, away yeah, from the they're doing that center. thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure we'll see something. Um, at the very least, even if they weren't planning on it, now they know they have to. Yeah. Um, from all the feedback. I mean, when else are they going to When else are they going to do it? Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be easier to make a kind of a you know they already want your pre-order money. It's already on the sto- on the you know on the on the you know, console stores. It. Yeah. But uh, this will be what you know, I mean, look. I'm in. It's Star I'm Wars. I'm in too. I mean, 
Am I at the very least, just to support EA's, like, it's like, yes, we want more frickin' Star Wars games that are single-player and not microtransaction. That are, like, like, make more of this. Like, do the, more of this. Yeah. Because it's like what we talked about. We're like, you know, you, if you want, like, a big games-as-a-service hit, that's fine. But you also you can supplement that with other things that are not all multi-billion dollar games-as-a-service 10-year plans. You know, right. you can just make video games. Are you as excited for this game now as you were before you saw it? Sure. I mean, it's kind of exactly what I was expecting it to be in terms of narrative and said, anyway, we kind of, not hard to guess from the title, like what they're after here. What does Fallen Order mean, though? The Jedi Order has fallen. Yeah. Is that, is it that simple, you think? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know what, order in, in Star Wars means the Jedi Order. Yeah. I mean, if it's something else, then I don't know what they're talking about. Okay. Um, I, they might also be, uh, you know, a duplicate of like Order 66 has fallen. You know, it's, it's sort of come down on things right, right. or maybe the resistance against the, the order 66 idea you know the fallen order idea in the end could mean like you know the the order 66 idea has fallen because he defeats the people trying to carry it out right um but generally you know jedi fallen order to me says you're in the jedi purge you're in the dark times like that's what this is for star wars fans though this could be a great vehicle for retribution and revenge right hmm because all the Jedi are wiped out, and now you have a chance to play the Jedi that's left that can get revenge for what happened. Jedi don't take revenge. Right. Also, but we like, do. Also, we're, we're not Jedi. <laughs> also, you're, you're kind of underestimating how much people don't like the Jedi. Um, really? The, the prequels kind of laid... Like the, the reason the, the fall happens is because the Jedi are idiots. Yeah. Like the Jedi are arrogant fools. The, the, the Council falls because they won't listen. Because they won't see what's in front of them. Yeah. Like, that's the tragedy of... The, you know, it's hard to get to because it's, they're so poorly written and so poorly made in a lot of ways. But the tragedy of it is that it was all in front of them for, for the whole time. And they couldn't see it because they were so up their own asses. Right. And really, about, they don't go into this much, but it really, because like now all of a sudden they're generals and they're fighting a war. And they're doing these things that they said Jedi should never do. But they got so into it that they just never saw it happen. I mean, they were they, Yoda's sitting in the same office as Palpatine for all their strategy meetings, and he doesn't know he's the most powerful Sith in the in the universe, right? right? Yeah. So it's like because the dark side clouds everything, right? And like, right. You know, and and they're letting him like you know letting their their star pupil Anakin uh, go over there and hang out with this old dude who's like showing him all his weird statues and just like, hello, have you seen his decor? Clearly yeah. evil. <laughs> No one has that much red and black in their house, and isn't it's not something going on. Yeah. So yeah, like the the, the story of the Jedi falling is sort of uh, is a is a is a class atten, attempt to be a classic tragedy where hubris is what dooms them because they that would never occur to them that that could be happening right under their nose, and you know the humiliation and the humbling of the Jedi Order and sort of the story of kind of recovering from that with these these guys. You know, you can tell he's lost his faith in this thing he was raised in and maybe he's even started to realize that like yeah maybe kidnapping babies and raising them in a religious order that trains them to kill people is not the most Best benevolent idea. thing yeah. in the world you know <laughs> like there's a lot of issues there yeah, yeah. You know? um so it's uh it, it's it's it, how they play that will be interesting because uh the fandom has a lot of opinions on Jedi. And of course, everybody wants to be a Jedi. Yeah. But part of the fantasy... Because they're the good guys. No, because they're cool. The, the fantasy is that you would be better than the Jedi. That you would, you, know, you would not be as blind as, as even, say, Mace Windu when he doesn't, you know, when he takes him forever to figure out what's going, what's right in front of him. And, like, you know, he's like, I, you don't trust Anakin Skywalker, but you're, you're, you know, Palpatine, you're like, I don't know. And then, like, my favorite line in all of episode three is when 
um, uh, Anakin tells him that Palpatine's a Sith Lord, and he says, Anakin, okay, scurry along now, and we'll take care of it. And he goes over and leans on the war table thing and goes, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> like, what yeah, you... those, movies, those films were not the best. No. Um, so I'm interested to see where they go with this. The Jedi Purge era is always interesting to me. The Between yeah. Trilogies you know, kind of segment. Uh, Rebels kind of explored some of that too, which is, is cool. Um, you know, as long as I don't see gameplay and it looks like some horrible, like, like um, you know, janky third party terrible thing i mean you know i don't think we're going to get that from i don't either i don't think that they would release it if that were the case um god knows they're not averse to canceling star wars games so that's true (laughs) that was interesting too because after this was announced amy hennig was on a panel somewhere and they asked her about this Mm. they're like wait a minute didn't they cancel your star wars didn't they cancel your single player narrative driven cinematic star wars game yeah and tell you this because they wanted games that were single player games are dead yeah, and then they let Respawn make one? Respawn was up She make- was very classy about right. it, but that's got to hurt a little bit. It's got to, and also, let's not forget the big difference between the Respawn one and hers. The Respawn one ain't using Frostbite. Yeah, they got, yeah, you're right. Because right. the Respawn one started development well before Respawn was purchased by EA. Did you see a US Gamer story this week about Frostbite? No. They did like a whole feature on Frostbite and how it screwed over EA and all might, the studios. Might be time to just, you know, suck it up and start paying for the Unreal support yeah, again, guys. Definitely. Like just... Yeah, it's time. Hello. Yep. <laughs> and then the other game they showed was Vader Immortal. This mm-hmm. was, it's a VR game that was kind of leaked, announced a while ago. They put out like a little teaser for it, but they showed it finally in full at Star Wars Celebration. I was really excited for this at first because I thought it was like a first-person lightsaber fighting VR game. As it turns out, it's not. It's no, it's just sort of a ride. It's like a walking simulator. Sort of. It's, it'd be, it reminds me of like um, like ILM did the same team ILM X something. I don't remember what. It's, ILM X. ILM X, and then it's, it's, in the trailer, it's another man. three, you, you know, three-letter abbreviation. But they did a similar kind of thing with, um, it was like the Trials on Tatooine thing where you just sort of stand there laying Falcon lands, you deflect some stuff and kill some stormtroopers and then you fly away. Like it yeah. A, it's just, it was almost like a tech demo. And, that um, seems like kind of what this is. I think that's more or less what's happening. You're in Vader's castle and he's like holding you hostage or some crap. Yeah. It's just going to be an experience. Yeah. yeah. Kind of disappointing, but it looks really good. Yeah. And it's an Oculus exclusive, so you can only get it on Oculus HMDs. It's not coming to PlayStation VR. It's not coming to Vive. So Oculus cracked some kind of an exclusive deal with Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? Meh. I mean, you have all the HMDs, so it doesn't really matter to you. I don't have but... an Oculus. Oh, you don't? So you actually would not be able to play this. Well, I mean, I do have the thing that lets me play Oculus stuff on the HMD. Oh, on right, the Vive, right. Like... I forgot about that. What's that thing called again? I can't remember. Yeah. I haven't used it in two years. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so, excitement levels for this, I think, once you find out what kind of a game it is, it mutes it. But still, fun diversion, I think, for Star Wars yeah, fans. at least they're making something. Yeah. Um, and then before we move on, I don't think it would be right to be sitting here with you on a podcast and not ask your opinion on the new Star Wars film, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in J.J. Abrams to finish something. Uh, he doesn't do conclusions. He does pilots, basically. Yeah. Um, the only thing he's ever finished 
like from an episodic point of view, is Felicity. Did he stick around till the end of Lost? He didn't even stick around for the past the first episode of Lost. He worked oh, is that on the, true? He worked on the pilot and that was it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he gets credit on everything because Interesting. that's how contracts I had no were. idea. Oh, he basically only worked on the, the development and pilot. Wow, I didn't know so that. So all the blame he gets for like how that show ended poorly, like it wasn't him. But he wrote, he defended it. Like he was the one who came oh, sure. out and did all the shows and talked to all the fans and oh, said sure. this was my plan and blah, blah, blah. But he, that was all nothing. BS. He, does, he doesn't make plans. Everyone knows that. <laughs> he, I mean, he even said like he's like I don't know who Ray's parents are. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of different ideas we had, but we didn't commit to any of them. Yeah. Um, and of course the thing is like I love the Last Jedi. I thought the Last Jedi was brilliant. Yeah, I liked it too. And I have zero faith in JJ to follow up on any of the themes or ideas that that movie sets up because he does his stuff is more like a bunch of mysteries and a bunch of reveals. And so my expectation is he's going to kind of reverse a bunch, you know, Ray's parents are not nobody. They're going to be secret super Jedi who <laughs> who were hiding all this time and now they're back. And it, they're, but you know what, they're, though? I think fans would like that because when they said that Ray's parents were just these paupers, like people freaked out. Well, yeah, because it was great. Yeah, it was what a yeah. But the fans were like, no, 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 the no, no. they need to be like no, the super fans Jedi's. were not. The fans were not a small group of people were but even a lot of the people that hated the last jedi thought the idea that she was from nothing was a cool idea because it gets you past the skywalker obsession it right. gets you past the magic family bloodline destined thing right and even it was funny even the people i saw on twitter and stuff who hated last jedi were like well i hated that movie but at the very least i thought we'd move past the whole destined skywalker family thing and now they're back in the title you know yeah so that I'm, is I'm, a little weird I'm what do you think that means well i think the people the theories that it's like a title that is what's what ray is going to call the new jedi order that she's going to call them skywalkers uh. or probably is probably what that is because i don't think you can redeem kylo ren because no. you could redeem vader <laughs> no. i mean vader's like super space nazi and he blew up a whole planet and sure but like he we didn't know anyone on that planet <laughs> and like you can't but you can't do that with kylo ren because he on screen he murdered his own father and that father was han solo and you can't come back from that yeah that's really hard um i think he might get like a last heroic sacrifice thing but it also wouldn't surprise because at the end of the last jedi he is committed to oh yeah being Evil. being a bad guy yeah and um i mean he went through I think, that I he think went he, through the yeah. the moments where he was yeah questioning. i think he's got to come i think he's got to be the big committed big bad in this one even though we hear palpatine laughing and whatever but yeah what do you think about that i mean it doesn't surprise that's the thing i'm talking about with jj abrams it doesn't surprise me that he would be going back to the turn of the jedi well where like you he's see the, you see the one they see the shot of like the, the wreckage of the death star and then you hear palpatine laugh and it's like okay so we're just doing return of the jedi again yeah like we're, we're gonna canonize I mean, that to me is what he's done with star wars is he hasn't really created his own films right. he's like Reimagine parts of the prior film. Yeah, he just puts it together in a weird yeah. order. It's like, hey, remember that? It's like, I'm, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be. It won't be. It'll be like the original trilogy. It'll be like first one was good, second one's great, third one's fine. Yeah, I'm not a huge Return of the Jedi fan. I'm not either. I liked it, but although to be fair, the things I like about Return of the Jedi almost all involve the Emperor. So yeah, may, maybe bringing true. the Emperor back in is a good thing. You know, maybe <laughs> the more you talk will, about it, though, the more it is sounding like Return will, of the Jedi. I will always watch Ian McDermott go nuts and chew scenery for as long as you allow me to. Yeah. So he's the only great thing in Episode 3 with that opera scene. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. So, um, yeah, so it's not, not if you're going to bring anybody back, sure, bring him back. I'd rather see him than Hayden Christensen come back, that's for sure. So he's going to be a Sith ghost. 
ghost. Or Luke's like, going to be or a ghost here, Jedi. How about this? He The reason the wreckage from the Death Star is there because he used the, for, the dark side of the Force to create, use the wreckage to create an escape pod around himself to go back to down to the planet and land there and he's just lived there as sort of like a, a cocoon, like damage. <laughs> that is an actual thing that happened in SWOTOR. No, what I was about to say that's is... What, that's how Darth Malgus survived. i at it. But I could actually very that's well. Literally see that to, the, the, that's literally what happened to. That's literally what happened in one of the Swotor stories. Is somebody <laughs> used use a cocoon of, of wreckage to like go down to a planet and, and be a forced evil thing. Um, okay. So yeah, there's precedent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and now that Game of Thrones is ending, the guys who'd made Game of Thrones, the showrunners for that, are going to do a trilogy in the old Knights of the Old Republic era. In for TV or for film? Film. Really? And Kathleen Kennedy today confirmed that Knights of the Old Republic is one of the things they're they're doing for like, like Wow. We're getting a Knights of the Old Republic movie. Wow, that's it's, awesome. I don't know if it's gonna be, you know, the story that the old that those games told, but it's gonna be set in that era. Interesting. And you're getting the Game of Thrones guys to do it. That's yeah, pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, so overall Star Wars celebration. Thumbs up? More or less. I mean, if it really was thumbs up, it would have gone. Right. <laughs> you know? That's a good point. But uh, although, like some of my friends that went uh, got stuck there for an extra day because it started, it snowed on Sunday. What? It was sixty-five degrees on Saturday, and then it snowed on Sunday, and the airport shut down. Wow. So some people had their can- flights canceled. A couple people had to end up watching Game of Thrones in their hotel rooms instead <laughs> of in the parties they were supposed to go yeah. back to. Um, yeah, Chicago. You never know. It's cold up there. Yeah, for sure. And then next year it's going to be in Anaheim. They don't do a celebration every year, but they're doing another one next year in Anaheim for like. Um, originally, I was like, for what? Because like, there's no Star Wars movie next year. There's yeah. no Star Wars movie for like three years. Uh, but I guess it's for Empire Strikes Back's 40, 40th anniversary. Fair enough. So yeah, my opinion, best yeah, film in the I franchise. Can, I can go with that. Absolutely. Like, it, like you might. They did a 40th celebration for the first one, so they might as well do that for this one. Yep. And because uh, because uh, you know they're the December Star Wars slots getting taken by Avatar for the next two years. But Matt, you're forgetting that next year there will be at least five Star Wars games from EA that they're going to have to show. Did they say that? No. <laughs> Being facetious. They're okay. not going to have any Star Wars games. Well, I don't know to what show. I don't know what they're talking about now. It's like, <laughs> no, I was making it up. Yeah, they're, they're basically done. I mean, what's what else in the pipeline? Nothing. I don't know. I mean, they should have something in the pipeline. The contract isn't up. Well, they killed that Vancouver one, yeah. which was the same one that they'd moved up from Hennig, yep. and the same one that, that Jade Raymond was working on with Motive. Yep. And, I mean, I guess Battlefront 3? I mean, those studios have to... They're definitely going to make Battlefront 3, but those two other studios have to do something. They can't just sit there twiddling their thumbs I guess. And, I mean, and pitch in on, like, Anthem whenever they need help. Like the, I don't even know. You built those two big studios. They have to make something. I don't even know. I mean, I mean, kudos to them for still supporting Battlefront 2, even now. Like, yeah. There's still stuff being added to it. But, like, I don't know anyone who's playing that game. No, I don't <laughs> like, play it. Like, I, lo- I, see, I see all this stuff coming out yeah. for it, and I just don't care. When I see an update, I load it up and look at the stuff, but I, like, play, like, one match and stop yeah, you know, like, yeah that's pretty like, much well, i saw count dooku that's cool yeah even for you that's I'm uh, done. as far as you're gonna go so so there you go the star wars celebration um i would say i'm a little less excited for fallen order now that i've i've actually seen it to really affect my excitement but my level, excitement was really me, high you're gonna have to really... show me the gameplay yeah you have to show me the combat like that's because it's gonna live or die on that it will it's gonna be a ha- i mean it's gonna be a hack and slash so yeah hacking and slashing better be good yep really good Especially in a year where Sekiro came out. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a PlayStation VR game. Full disclosure before we discuss this game, I am friends with the people who are making it. So just want to put that out there for editorial reasons. Uh, It is being created by James Milkey, who is the Mm Milkman 
from EGM Old fame. EGM days. And it's being created by him and a friend of mine, Sam Kennedy. Sam Kennedy, as he founded NeoGAF, he basically founded One Up. He's been in a game, both, both games journals have been in the industry for over 20 years. Uh, they've made their first game and it's called Jupiter and Mars. Um, it's an interesting game. Right now it's a PlayStation VR exclusive, although I think if it's, if it's successful, they'll eventually move it over to PC HMDs. Oh, you didn't do the poll. Oh, good point. Dan, Dan, Dan Boy 90 called you on that. Yeah, that's good. I'll be like a drum and bass DJ and we'll rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the audience does at drum and bass gigs. Uh, so let's go to the poll. We asked you guys what you guys thought of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and here are the results. So the question was, what are your thoughts on the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order reveal? And the options were, Star Wars, I'm in. I need to see more. The plot killed it for me. Um, the vast majority of you guys are at least digging the game a little bit. So 92% of you said you're at least a little bit uh, intrigued by the game. 8% basically said that what they saw of the plot and what they saw of the story trailer basically just killed it for them. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that the response to the game on Sifted Proper, as far as the comments underneath the trailer, were far more negative than this poll would indicate. Uh, a lot of people it seemed like they were not that into it, but the poll seems to tell a different tale. So if you're Respawn and you see this poll, how are you feeling about it? Well, I mean, you got like, what, 90, 92% of people are at least interested. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. I mean, I voted for Need to See More. Yeah, like, I would have too. Yeah, I probably would have voted for that as well. Particularly now that the other parts of it didn't capture me as much as I had yeah. hoped that they would. It's also like, it's not like I haven't passed on Star Wars games in the past, but it's also like I also miss the times when Star Wars games were so plentiful that there were that I felt like I could skip some. Right. Because I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good enough for me to bother with. Um I'm not going to play Super Bombad Racing. But now it's a big, well... <laughs> I it's, forgot about that game. Now it is Star Wars. I don't yeah. know. Like, you're so starved for it now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I, I have faith in Stig. Yep. So, overall, you guys seem to be at least a little bit into it, though. I would have thought the number for It's Star Wars I'm In would be higher. I wouldn't. Really? Not from game people. From, like, my <laughs> friends who love Star Wars, yeah. But, like, from people who, like, play... The, you gotta still got to play it. You got to see the gameplay. You always got to see the gameplay. I but, mean, most Star Wars games, no matter how good or bad they are, sell. Well, we don't know that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. I don't know. I mean, Battlefront 11, sold been, really well. Yeah, but Battlefront was good. Battlefront was pretty solid. I mean, it was also very straightforward. Force Awakens sold really well. Force Awakens? Yeah. Force Unleashed, Wait. sorry. Well, yeah, but Force Unleashed was 11 years ago. Yeah. It's a totally different way. I mean, we don't know what a Star Wars single-player action game will do in a modern game market. Like, yeah. everything's changed too much. Like, there's no prediction for this. I mean, I'm guessing probably 10 million will sell if it's any good. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yep. I mean, if, if Battlefront 1 can sell 15 million... This could get up there too if it's it if it's solid, but we'll see. Like part of the reason Battlefront. If it's really the length that you had hypothesized it might be, that could be a huge, huge problem. Well, it depends. I mean, ideally, you'd, ideally you'd make it more like a God of War length. Yeah. You know, but we'll see what they do. And it is Stig, um, so I'm hoping for at least 15 hours. Yeah. I mean, the old God of Wars were 12 to 20. I mean, Stig and the, and also Vince, the respawn, they're, they're savvy about yeah. what all this is. They get like, it. You know, they'll, and they've been working on it for years. I they mean, have. it's not like it was a, it's not like it's an emergency thing that you just pulled no, the lever no. on when Battlefront 2 went bad. Yeah. Um, and Battlefront 2 still sold very, like 8 very million well. copies. Yeah. 
Um, it just didn't sell EA copies, you know. Because like the first one sold, what, 12, 13? Up to 15 by the end yeah. of it, I think. When it all said and, done. and now you can get it for like five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so they're still probably selling a little bit, a little yeah. trickle. Um, no, nah, it'll be fine. All right. Will it be a runaway hit? I don't know. One of the reasons Battlefront sold 15 million is because it was like, it's Star Wars. Star Wars is back. You know, 2015, The Force Awakens was like, you know, nothing else. Like it was, it was probably the, the you know, between that until Endga Avengers Endgame, uh, which is by far the most anticipated film of all time, um, Force Unleashed and Episode One were the two to beat in yep. that regard. And it was because they'd been gone for so long. And here was Force Awakens coming back and saying, hey, it's okay to like Star Wars again. And here's a game where all the things you recognize are in it. You know, it was, it was, it was, uh, it, it poked that nostalgia button so hard. It was like, Force, you know, uh, Jedi Fallen Order doesn't necessarily have that because it's an original story set in an era where the movies have never really gone. Right. Um, and, you know, even without the kind of the, the 90s extreme of Force Unleashed, it might seem a little grimdark to people. Um, but we'll see. I gotta say, the subtitles for Star Wars stuff, it's all starting to blend together for me. Like, I have problems remembering, like, fallen Jedi force whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's certain words that have been used in subtitles so many times that they're all starting yeah. to just blend. I'll, I'll, give them, I'll give them a pass until they do Star Wars Revelations. Yeah. That's the most... <laughs> Revela and, and Origins. Those are the two most, most annoying subtitles. Yeah. If you, if you look on SIF to go to the search engine and just type in Revelations yeah. and see all the games that yeah. come up, it's there's, pretty freaking hilarious. There's a lot of Revelations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on and on and on. At this point, it's sort of like, could you all just, could you just keep it to yourselves? Yeah. We'll just, we'll Seriously. Just, so anyway, we're going to start doing these polls uh, every week, and we're going to talk about them on Game Face. So if you're not following us on Twitter, uh, please do that at Sifted Games, and make sure you can take part, because Matt and I are going to discuss them every single week. All right, let's get back to Jupiter and Mars. Um, so like I said, this game is being created by former game uh, journalists James Milkey and Sam Kennedy, um, and it is a VR game. It is not only playable in VR, though. It is uh, You can play it both in 2D and in VR. And uh, basically, it's a game about two dolphins, and they're named Jupiter and Mars. You control both dolphins at the same time. You only control the movement of one, and the other one you can see just kind of swims along with you. Uh, and the, the dolphin that you're controlling has basically two functionalities. So he can send out echolocation, which is what you're seeing right now. And it is... One thing I would say about this game that does bother me a little bit is that you have to use echolocation constantly. And you'll see in the footage, it's you're just constantly tapping the button because it's a lot of stuff blends in with the background or looks like it's not important. And when you use that echolocation, not only will it highlight the architecture of the ocean floor, but it also will highlight objects of interest that you need to interact with. So you're just constantly hitting that echolocation button. Mm. The other thing that the dolphin that you're controlling can do is he can send out sort of this sound blast that will, it won't kill enemies because I don't think you can kill anything in this game. Yeah. Uh, it, it sends them scattering. So there are certain parts in the game where uh, pathways are blocked by sea creatures and you need to use that to get the sea creatures to disperse. Now the other dolphin, the one that swims along with you, he is the action character. So you can basically put your cursor on any object and have him basically sprint at it and then attack it with his nose. And uh, he uses that. Sometimes there's gates underwater you need to bust through to get through. Uh, you need to use it to open up like conch shells and clam shells and get objects inside them. 
There are rocks that you can attack uh, and bust those up and there's stuff inside those as well. And it's basically just collectibles that you, that you get throughout the game. The object of the game itself is, at least I've not finished the game yet, but it's basically just progression. You're just progressing mm. from one level to the next. Are you attempting to get to the moon? I don't, I don't believe so, no. I think that's just their names. Okay. I don't think it has any relevance <laughs> to the... At least I don't know. Unless there's some crazy sci-fi twist at the end. I, I don't I, know. But as soon as the dolphin's in a video game, I assume we're going to get crazy by the end of it. Yeah. And, but e Echo has a, has a legacy. It does. And a lot of people have compared this to Echo the Dolphin. I don't really see it to be perfectly honest I mean, with you. I mean, it's the obvious parallel, it's a but it, it doesn't it's seem very... It's a dolphin very, video yeah, game. Yeah, it doesn't seem very much like Echo. Yeah, the tenets of Echo are really nowhere to be found here. Um, it's really a game... I mean, Echo's an exploration puzzle swim former. There's a little of. bit of platforming stuff in it. There's none of that really in this, though. Like, you can't even jump out of the water, which I thought was really weird. I mean, isn't that, like, the most fun thing that dolphins do is, like, jump up out of the water? I yeah. thought... I thought it was a little strange that you could that you couldn't do that. Um, but one thing about this game is it has an eco angle to it. So they don't beat you over the head with it, but there are lots of sort of call outs to saving wildlife in our oceans. Uh, so one of the very first mission objectives you get is, hey, here is a mama turtle. She's looking for her baby turtles. Her baby turtles are wrapped up in plastic. You need to get the plastic off the baby turtles and return them to their mother. So a lot of the stuff in the game has that angle to it. Like, there's a lot of trash in the water in the game. And it makes a pretty strong point. I think it's maybe overdone a little bit. I don't know if there's too many parts of the ocean where there's just thousands of plastic bottles in the way when you're trying to swim through it. But it does make a pretty... Oh, oh, there is. Yeah, I mean, there's those big islands where it all yeah. congregates. Maybe not under the water in the, in the caves because it does float. Yeah, but, uh... but in the caves in this, you'll swim through like 80 plastic water bottles. And so it is a game with a message, which is pretty rare, even in this day and age. <laughs> Stop throwing bottles in the ocean, assholes. It's that or it's like, you know, lower your consumption of plastic or mm -hmm. whatever. It, it does kind of show you the direct uh, correlation between how we're acting as far as our recycling habits and how that impacts the wildlife that we can't see because they're under the water. And it's not... It's not like mean-spirited. It doesn't try to make you feel guilty or anything like that when you're playing it. It's just like, hey, look at what's happening here. This is something maybe you should, you and all of us should pay attention to. Um, there's really not danger in the game. I've never died. Um, maybe eventually you get to a point where you fight a boss or something like that, but that's really not happened for me so far. It's really just kind of adventuring around, finding the different little pathways. There's lots of little, it's like uh, the level design is a little bit like Metroid. And that there's like lots of little hidden paths that you need to find to find collectibles and things like that, or just to find your way forward. And as you go, the dolphins level up. And basically what that means is they can dive deeper. When you first start out, you can only go like 30 or 40 feet down before the dolphins like, no, I can't go any farther. And as you play the game, their abilities start to improve and get better. And then it gets you access to new areas. There's some areas where the current is going the wrong direction and you're not yet strong enough to swim against it and get to that new area. But as you play, obviously their swimming improves and then you can reach those other areas. So again, uh, I just wanted to mention this game. My buddies have been working on it and I want to take a couple minutes to bring it up for those of you out there with PlayStation VR. And again, you can play this on a base PS4 without VR if you want to. Um, I would not fall for the Echo comparisons if you're a big fan of that franchise. I would not immediately 
assume that you're going to like this game because it does play completely mm-hmm. differently. Um, I Reminds think it's, me of Res almost. Yeah, it's a little bit more like Res or just kind of like a walking simulator, really. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just you just poke around in the ocean and you stumble across objectives that you need to accomplish, and then you try to find where you need to go to do that. Why do so many VR games seem to like lean so hard on the drug-related experience? Like it, it, it all feels so trippy. What this game in yeah. particular? Yeah, I mean, well, I'll say this: like James and Sam are both really into electronic music like i thought you're going somewhere else with that no (laughs) (laughs) or really they really love drugs on drugs all the time (laughs) no they're they're both really into electronic music and and festivals milky's Mm. been a house dj as long as i have in fact that's one of the things that we are very first connected on uh back in the day when i first met him was that we both love house music and we were both djs and so when you're a part of that scene i think that kind of colors everything you do a little bit um as far as what you find appealing and uh, so if you think about a lot of the light shows and the laser shows that happen and that kind of stuff, I think it influences your art a little bit. And I think that might be one reason. I think another reason is it just helps with the layout of the ocean floor and plucking stuff out of the environments because it does get pretty crowded. Like a lot of this stuff, like a lot of the areas have a lot of detail in them. And it can be hard to notice things that you need to notice to actually make progress through the game. And I think maybe the, the art style that they chose for this, it wasn't necessarily to make it psychedelic. It was to it was more for a functional reason mm. than anything else. Um, this comes out April 22nd. Again, PlayStation VR exclusive. It does sell for $25. It is not a especially cheap budget title. It's obviously not 50 or 60 bucks, but it's still... You're kind of edging into that not quite an impulse buy right. range. Yeah, and so it is kind of on that edge there a little bit. But I've had a lot of fun with it. It's not an action game. It's not something that's going to get your pulse racing. It's a great thing to play after you come back from a long day of work and you just want to kick back and relax for a little bit. And that's what I've been using it for since I got the it review. It looks like code. the dolphin's literally going into a rave right now. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it does get kind of trippy and psychedelic, without a doubt. And again, I think a lot of this has to do with things that Sam and, and James are, are really into. So, there you go. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying they like drugs. I'm not saying that they like drugs. I don't know if they like drugs, to be honest with you. Maybe they do. So maybe I shouldn't say that they don't like drugs. But I don't think that that's what influenced this. <laughs> and with that, we're just going to stop. <laughs> but anyway, Jupiter and Mars, PlayStation VR exclusive, April 22nd, 25 bucks. I'm enjoying it. And let's move on. We're going to talk next about the Xbox. It's been a big week for Xbox. We're, yeah. we're warming up for E3 here, Matt. We're only a couple of months away. I still am getting those emails every day from E3 telling me to register as press. I've never seen this before from E3. Usually you get one email. And then I'll have yeah. to... when I'm, I'm It's just, like, yeah, you can do it now. Right. And when I decide yeah. to register, I have to go back into my inbox and dig it up. I have got an email every day for two weeks straight asking me to register as press for E3. It's very weird. Hmm. It, it total change in policy or structure and how they're doing things. I don't know why. Maybe they're scared because so many people have left that the, like people aren't going to show up. I don't know. I don't know. I, I certainly, I, a lot of people in the press last couple of years have not enjoyed their time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but they're they've been hawking me to register, and I'm like, man, I usually do this like literally. Do they charge money for it now? No. No. They never charge money to register. Yeah. It's well, press. press, but yeah. like you know, maybe they change it. I was like, Oh, they're gonna they charge it. for people to get in, absolutely. Well yeah, for like general public, right. but at a certain point you're like, When do we all start having to pay? Right. You know? It's possible. Who knows? I mean, making the press pay would be a really bad idea, but 
But it's possible. Who knows? Keep the YouTubers out. I mean, the way that E3 is going right now, like, anything's possible, in all honesty. I, I wouldn't pull anything off the table yeah, of what knows? could happen. Uh, but I don't even know what it's going to look like. You, you see that they have not announced a booth space for Microsoft yet? No. Well, so, I mean, last year they just had their mixer booth. That's right, but like now they don't even, there's not don't even, even have that, that there yet. So will Microsoft be on the floor at all? Nobody knows. That's weird because it appears that Microsoft is warming up for a colossally big E3. Well, yeah, but that's at LA Live. Yeah, right across the street. That's true. Yeah. You would think, though, if you're going to unveil a new console, which it sure sounds like they're going to, you would want to have some kind of a floor presence so that people on the floor are like, hey, there's the new Xbox. Or, or maybe they're counting on third parties to do it. I don't know. It'll be weird. But or they know that it's news one way or the other, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're going to have the press conference that everyone's going to watch. I mean, and... Sony's not even showing up this year. Right. And, and they're the already talking about the PS5. Open. They are. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a minute. But first, we're going to talk about Xbox. So some big news about Xbox came out this week. A bunch of big news. So we've been talking about the disc-free Xbox One S for quite a while on the show, but that was basically officially confirmed mm -hmm. this week. Um, and the details that have come out about it, again, uh, most of this information broke from Windows Central. And we want to make sure that we uh, call out the, the publications who are doing the digging. Uh, the disc-free Xbox One S is going to be unveiled May uh, next week. It's going to launch on May 7th. It's going to come with a one terabyte hard drive. And it's going to come with three games bundled with it, which I think is pretty crazy. Forza Horizon 3, Minecraft, and Sea of Thieves. Please play Sea of Thieves. And, and <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And they are still saying that... Uh... Oh, I just lost my train of thought with your joke. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> is, the, uh, is it actually the, you know, the Xbox One S all digital? Is that the official name? Uh, Where people are calling it the Xbox Sad? It's called... Uh, no, there's some there's some phrase where I should have written it down and I didn't. But it's, called, it's being like, called the Xbox Sad. Really? Online, yeah. Because it's S, S all digital. Yeah. So, That's not what it is. I don't okay, think they it, they have another name for it. Because I was gonna say if they actually did that after like being shocked that people called it the X Bone. Right. <laughs> because they had no when they start people start calling it that when they unveil it like they're like we had no idea. They were like, mortified. They were, yeah. They like, were horrified <laughs> that anyone would come up with that. I'm like. Dude, why didn't you call me? Yeah, like, I would have told you right told, away. The first thing I would have said to you, oh, so it's the bone? Yeah. So they, should have, they should have doubled down on that. Yeah. They should have embraced Sometimes that. Sometimes that's the best way to do it, honestly. Uh, so, coming pretty soon in like, yeah. I mean, they're going to launch it in like three weeks. Um, and we're going to learn about it next week. And they're saying at the same time, the price, despite all this, the price is still going to be lower than Xbox One S. So, one terabyte hard drive, three free games. Obviously, the that disc is, so that is the name. Oh, it is. Yeah, all digital. S, the S all digital. So it's the Xbox Sad. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's not a good idea. But better than X Bone, <laughs> I think. Maybe. I mean, now it's the X Bone Sad. <laughs> it's not getting better. No. Better um, pick that next name carefully. Do you think there's gonna be a market for this? Maybe. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it, they they know there's a market or not, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, they I thought there was a market for, like, their crazy DRM policy. I mean, too, I, don't so. I don't want one, but, like, uh, you know, it's it's clearly like a, a test, you know, sticking your foot in the all-digital pool. Yeah. See if people will, will buy it. It's better to do it with this than to do it with the new system. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And blow it again. Yeah. So, like, I see what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a bad... You know, basically they're testing testing it out. What price do you think? 
Oh, I mean, two fifty. I would think. I think it's less. I think it's one ninety nine. I thought. I thought it was already announced two fifty. Oh, I didn't see any pricing on it. I did a bunch of research, and nobody was listing a price. Um, they I, just said it's going to be cheaper than I Xbox One. I saw two fifty several places today. That's I, too high. I think it's too. Yeah, I, I would also say it's too high. Yeah. If it's one ninety nine, I think they might find an audience for it. If it's more than that, I think it's just dead in the water. Yeah, it's uh, two fifty is a lot for that. Yeah. I mean, um, if you're going to spend that, you might as well just plunk down the extra 100 bucks and get the X. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, or wait. Right. Or just wait for the next one, which, yeah. which from the sounds of it is coming like next year anyway. Yeah. Or just hang on for the, the five. Right. You know, it is, I, I, I mean, I admit I don't fully know who's buying this, but at the very least, I understand why they want to put something all digital out and see, you know, Test the water. run it up the flagpole, basically. They're going to be the guinea pig for a lot of people. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know Sony's gonna watch it, although Sony they have its plans it's the, it's already. The, yeah, it's the canary in the coal mine, which uh, maybe that's why it's the sad because that canary <laughs> might die. <laughs> um, and then one of the other big announcements that broke this week: uh, Microsoft is going to bundle together Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass mm-hmm. for fifteen dollars a month, which is a five dollar break on if you had paid for those two for things separately. And if you extrapolate that money out across an entire year, it's even kind of a little bit of a better deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it's a, a legit bundle, like one that you save on. Um, what do you think about that? Would that convince you to get Xbox Game Pass? Maybe. I mean... We all, obviously, we already all have Xbox Live. Would you yeah. be willing to chunk down a little more change to get Xbox Game Pass? Maybe. I mean, it's probably like better than paying for all those games i guess this is supposed to launch also on the same day that the disc free xbox one s is a sad yeah (laughs) so bad (laughs) um i i don't i don't think that it's going to convince people to jump it won't convince me to jump on game pass because the way i view game pass is it's not something that i would ever subscribe to for like a year like i would never just give microsoft 120 bucks and say i want this for a whole year game pass Mm -hmm. to me its proposition is I can jump in and spend 10 bucks this month and, p- and play that one $60 game that I want to play. Mm. And then I can play it for that month and I can jump out if I want to or I can stay if I want to keep playing it. I don't think that it's like one of these things that people want to commit to long term unless they're total noobs and their entire library would be dependent on Game Pass. Mm. Then it's an amazing deal. Do they take games away? At all? Over time, like, like, do, they game, do games like on Game Pass? Out? Yeah, yeah. So Some like, games, so like third-party ro- stuff, does. Because mm. they sign deals for that for X amount of time, right. and once it's up, it's up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not really a thing. I'm at, I'm all that interested in, like just because I prefer to like own it. Uh, but it's you know it's a good deal. I would say if you're if you're if you burn through games faster than I tend to do, or don't go back to them later as often as I do like, you know, a year or two later, like, it probably is a pretty rational and cost-benefit analysis thing. But, uh, I don't know. Like, it's it, it's, a, it's a good deal, but I don't know if I'd be willing to, like, kind of jump in on that, like you said, for, like, a whole year commitment. Yeah. That's a lot. For it, a, I, it sounds like you're going to be a lot like... for a thing that I don't know if I would regularly use. I mean, it is set up so that you can pay, you can do it either way. You can pay monthly or you can pay for the whole year Mm -hmm. and get a little cheaper. Um, So it's not like they're pigeonholing you into one or the other. 
Um, but obviously, if you do pay for the whole year, you get the better deal. Right. And I could see, like, if you're new to gaming and you're like, I have no software library for Xbox One at all, I could see where Game Pass is amazing. It's mm-hmm. like, I haven't played hardly any of these games. So it's a little weird that it's like a dichotomy of they're going after the casuals with this, but it's also the most forward-thinking business model. Yeah, it's the closest I think anyone's gotten to that Netflix for games idea. Yeah. Um, at least until until and unless Stadia pops up with right. whatever they're going to do in that regard. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's an aggressive move. Like it's probably what they need to do right now. Um, you know, because I, I feel like they want you to have Xbox Game Pass more than live at this point. It's more per month. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. It's double. So. Yeah. Cool. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look. I'm not hating on it. More options are always good, and they're not yeah. taking away the original option, which is most important. Um, but do I see this kind of generating or invigorating the Xbox business? Not. No, but not I, I feel like a lot of this is just positioning your pieces. Yeah. You know, in preparation for the next generation. Yeah. Like, for the next big, big move. So like, I can kind of see where they're doing what they're doing. They're kind of like getting. You know, they're, they're. It's almost like, do you really need to test this? Just by you know mushing these two services together, yeah. but you gotta kind of get you get the the user base kind of accustomed to the idea that these are two of the same thing or two sides of the same coin maybe, um, moving into the new system. So it kind of all feels like part of like a coherent and consistent like infrastructure. Yeah. So I see what they're doing. I don't know if I'll jump in on it unless like maybe you get to the next Xbox and like what Game Pass does evolves into something a little more radical. Um, but we'll see. Yep. And then the final uh, piece of Xbox news from this week. Today, Microsoft announced when its E3 press conference is happening. It is mm-hmm. going to be on Sunday, June 9th, the Sunday before E3, like it pretty much always is. Uh, it'll give them a good chance to get a jump on the rest of the show. It's going to have everything it wants. Every third-party game is theirs yeah. for the taking. It is going to be... I mean, it could be like one of the best press conferences in the history of E3 because... It doesn't have to compete with anyone it else share for content. With, with Sony, unless you want to be premiered on the Switch, I guess. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many people. You know, indie games more. Indie likely. games, yeah. But yeah. it's like in terms of like big things sharing the spotlight. There's not a lot of AAA going to happen there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft pretty much has their pick of the litter on this one. So it could be. Which has pretty really much good, never happened before. It hasn't. Um, I think Bethesda's happening on Sunday again as well. Mm. So that should be a pretty big day in games. Um, yeah, I mean Microsoft is primed to have its best E3 ever, yeah. or it should be. The other, the other big thing uh, from the, from today's announcements, which maybe only I care about, is they were, announced some new backwards compatibility stuff, and Ninja Gaiden 2 is finally That's backwards nice. compatible. Which the 360 version of Ninja Gaiden 2 is superior to the the Sigma one, um, so it's nice that we can finally play that again on on modern the modern console, which is great. We got that. Uh, Splinter Cell Double Agent Conviction and Blacklist is, are getting uh, wow. uh, Xbox One X updates. They were already backwards compatible, but they're getting Xbox One X updates, uh-huh. and so are Fable 2 and 3. Which is odd. So we were hanging out waiting for the and, show to start, yeah. and Matt noticed that on his Xbox, Fable 3 had an update, yeah, and I'm we like, were like, what is going is on? So that Why wouldn't it ever update Fable 3? Like, what could possibly be an 800 megabyte update for Fable 3, and that was what it was. And then literally, like, 10 minutes later, we yeah. see the headline that it's... Uh, so if you have Ninja Gaiden 2 on on disc, you can put the disc in right now yeah. and play it. And it'll work. So Yep. 
Um, and so I, dig, I dig that. I, I've been I've been happy with the backwards compatibility stuff on yeah on the on the, on the bone. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's on killing the it. Bone. It's absolutely killing it with that stuff. Yeah. So it's been interesting watching Microsoft. I don't know if any company has changed as much this gen as Microsoft has. Yeah. Well, they had to. It was kind of a change or die situation. Yeah. It felt like. To yeah. Me. Yeah. I guess you're right. But if you think about Sony it, was so dominant that whole time, and then the Switch came out and just burned everything up already, all over again. Yeah. And you know, Xbox just sort of sitting there, like. But it's completely. The also ran of also rans, but yeah. now like they're yeah they that's completely the evolved. That's this why I always say Microsoft is at its most interesting when they got nothing to lose. Yeah. Like now they're just going for broke, doing all this crazy stuff like yeah. with the Game Pass. And the you know, all the, the first console stuff. without a, like a yeah. physical With, media. Yeah. So it's the, it's the, well, I guess the PSP Go was the first one. It's not a console, but yeah, and like, but yeah, but still, yeah, it it didn't have a fun acronym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Microsoft, it wasn't it wasn't the PlayStation Portable Depressed or anything like that. But yeah, the sad is your your big console push into that move. It's gonna be interesting to see if if it's embraced at all early. Um, it might just be this thing that, like, you see on store shelves the first week it comes out, and then, like, you never see it again. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it might be something worth buying for collectors. Eh, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Um, They'll make so many of them that... Yeah. You know, I don't think it's, it's going to be a, a forced scarcity McDonald's Szechuan sauce kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I don't have any interest, interest in participating. Right. But uh, You let everybody else do it. I mean, it you know it could be seen as fairly pioneering if you know the all digital thing takes off, but obviously that's not the full plan moving into the. You know, at the very least, we got confirmation today that the PlayStation is not going all digital. So yeah, we did. Uh, you can still buy discs for the foreseeable future, although maybe you. You know, GameStop was like. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Well, also, I was gonna say it's like you know people are already talking about. Oh, are you gonna trade your PlayStation Four in to buy a PlayStation Five? And I'm like, maybe if GameStop's still around in 2020, we well, can, you can always sell it somewhere, sell it somewhere else. else but... Sure, but like the the old trade-in deals tended to be GameStop stuff. Yeah, who knows where they'll like, be in two know, years, year and a half, if they're even anywhere. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, year and a half is a long time for a company that just lost seven hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's a long time to hold on. So we'll see. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game or a franchise that that has had a cult following, I would say, for the last 10 plus years. Has it been around for 10 years? Um, more than that, I more think. More than that, I it, guess. It goes back to the PS2. That's true. Yeah. Or no, the PS1. There was a P, wasn't there a PS1? I don't think the so. The first one was PS1, I thought. Was it? I, want to I did say not know was. that. We're yeah, talking well, about... It, it took a long time for them to start coming here. Yeah. That was the thing. But they started on the Simple Series. Which I think was PS2. Uh, We're talking about yeah. Earth Defense Force. It's been this franchise that we've all just kind of laughed at for a long time. Maybe you did. I always liked them. Really? I mean, I, I always... mean, not like in the sense of like, oh, these are actually really good. No, they're fun. They're, it's, it's... they're mindlessly fun. Yeah, it's like the... Um... Yeah, they started on the PS2. Uh... Yeah, I didn't think there was a PS1 first, game. First release was 2003. So it's a 16-year-old series. Wow, that's crazy. Um... I mean, it, it's from a tradition of uh, like when in Japan it's called uh, kusoge, which which basically means it's a portmanteau of a uh, shit game, which <laughs> means like games that you know are bad but you still have fun playing them. 
And I would argue that some of these are not bad. They're just repetitive and sort of unimaginative uh, to a certain degree. But, like, you know, especially as someone who grew up with Godzilla movies and kind of kaiju stuff, or even if you're younger than me and you grew up with, like, uh, Power Rangers and that kind of thing. Like, the idea of fighting these giant monsters and alien things is just cool. Oh, and it's like, intrinsically cool. And it, it just goes, it, you know, the fact that they just go full bore with it and don't apologize for it is, it makes it, to me, makes it a lot of fun, even if it is maybe not on the Game of the Year shortlist or anything. Well, I think another problem the franchise has had is that the developers that have worked on it have just been abysmal. They, well, San- they look terrible. They sound terrible, typically. Sandlot is not uh, <laughs> your A-list, really. No. Although they did make Robot Alchemic Drive, which is one of my favorite PS2 Rad. games. Um, and you can see they just have they sort of have a wheelhouse with yeah. these giant things <laughs> in cities. Yeah. Um, I, I really wish we'd gotten another one of those at some point, rather than 15 more of these. But, yeah, well, you, you take what you can get. Yeah. Uh, this one, Iron Rain, is uh, the first one that they've really tried to target for Western audiences. It's developed by Ukes. Uh, it's developed by Ukes. We usually might... handles the WWE franchises. Yeah, well, well, not for a long time. But, yeah. like, uh, they, did, they made the really... The Ukes made the really good N64 WWF games. Yeah. Um, no Mercy and yeah, No Mercy and WrestleMania yep. 2000, 2000 and all yeah, that, yeah. Um, or uh, WCW No Mercy yep. was the, the they weren't the same company then that's right that's before the all the uh, so that's when wrestling wasn't a monopoly it was all yeah before the mergers and acquisitions yeah. yeah so this one this is I mean they kind of tried to paint it as like a revolution in the series what this really is is just it's just Earth Defense Force with a very more much more realistic texture set. Um, it so, looks a lot better than the old EDF games. Yeah, it look it, and it's it's purely just the art style. Yeah, like, like it's it's all well, the same shaders. Yeah, it's all the same bouncing around, and the the gameplay is very similar. Although the default, I thought it was funny, the default uh, camera angle is sort of like a Gears of War over the shoulder thing, yeah. which is like okay, so that's what you think appeals to like Western right. audiences. <laughs> like, that's what that's what like we like. Is twelve the, years ago, yeah, like a camera over somebody's <laughs> shoulder. Um, but it's Earth Defense Force. It's still the same thing. And uh, I only played like just enough of this to capture this footage. So I played like 15, 16 missions, I think. And uh, it seemed like the big monsters were more prevalent than they were in prior games. Cause it, they were kind of like bosses in the prior games. Here, they're just the enemies that you fight yeah, like, right well, from the get-go. That's pretty common. The thing about, like, so, like, say, 2017, Earth Defense Force 2017, or, like, 4.1 or whatever you're talking about. Like, you're talking about games with 90 to 100-something missions. Right. Like, so, yeah, like, early on, like, you'd fight one of the big Ravager, um, like, robot things, and it'd be like, oh, he's the big fight for this mission. Like, 10 missions later, there's they're the cannon they're the fodder enemy. They're the rank and file, you know, like, yeah. You know, there's... After a while, you don't even start to see, see the ants all the time, or like the ants are like you know not even a, a question, um, especially because because also the the way these games work um, is you are constantly upgrading your character's like arsenal. Yeah. Like there's always like new things to find, and like you're, you're collecting crystals to like which are used as three different kinds of currency, which really feel like they they should be microtransaction like real money currency, but instead they're not. Like yeah. it's, it's like it feels like they kind of like they were realistic. Like, it, well, yeah, but it's, but it's also... Like no one's going to pay for this crap. But it's also funny in the sense, it's like, if you were going to look, just look at Western games and what we play and how they work, you would see, like, oh, there's all these different currencies they use to buy upgrades and stuff, that, but, but we don't want to do microtransactions, but we're still going to use all the weird different currencies. Right. To, like, because that must be what's popular. It's, like, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's weirdly, like, it's, it's, it's almost charming, 
in how like it's like oh we're just oh, gonna, how adorable you're just, trying to act like us. we're just gonna mimic like this horrible <laughs> practice but we don't understand why anyone would want that so we're gonna just make it all self-contained yeah but it's still the, the economy is like you don't need it to be different crystals but like it's there it's yeah fun. and uh the funny thing is that they continually it's still made in japan and the, and the translation's still a little wonky um so you still end up with with like dialogue that is charmingly ridiculous um my favorite of all time is from earth defense force 2017 where there was an underground mission and as you ran in uh one of the other soldiers with you goes we're on an exciting underground expedition and, <laughs> and like i'm like what <laughs> yeah okay. i had to stop for that one and, yeah. and and laugh a little bit on that but this one like it's they're trying to do like this kind of like international like multicultural team that's all together and like trying to defeat these monsters and um the plot is not. The, the plot is more involved than usual. I will give yeah. it that. But there I'm aren't not, many. It's not I mean, from good. what I played, there weren't many cutscenes. There's no cutscenes, but there's a lot of radio chatter. Yeah. That's always has been. And like you've got like the the like the black sidekick who like you know he's like the guy who just wants to party and he's always listening to music on the on the troop carrier. Like it's like they watched every '90s era Will Smith action movie and just sort of like distilled <laughs> it into one character. Uh, there's like the the cold but like you know business like Russian woman who's clearly like you know Bridget Nielsen from Rocky IV. Uh, like they're dealing with like all these tropes and sort of mashing them together into one squad. Uh, there's a couple of weird moments just like that you wouldn't get out of a Western game, like where this, like this one giant thing appears and they say that we can't, you can't see it because it's so big, it's like stepping over buildings. And the one guy's like, uh, says, like, we've got, we've got it on satellite feed. This thing's bigger than one of the girls in your squad is Maeve. This thing's bigger than Maeve's behind. Oh, and boy. she says, and she says, cut it out, Ken. I am slender. <laughs> and I'm like, who, what the. What, okay, first off, no one would compare anything to a girl's ass in a modern Western video game. Oh, because no. Because we don't do that anymore. Nope. And second, um, I am slender? Yeah. Like, no one talks like that. There's constant <laughs> lines in this game where, like, no one who speaks English talks like that. Yeah, I mean, that's Japanese video games for the most uh, part. The other th weird thing about this, in uh, at least in terms of, like, the, the Earth Defense Force stuff I've played, I'm not super well-versed on the recent entries because they're they're like dynasty warriors games to me and it's like i can only play them once every six years or so yeah they're so you're like, oh, i got it i got my fix um but like there's a there's a, a human rebel faction in this that is like like broke off from like after a rebellion and so occasionally you're fighting humans in in like mechs and that's not what i'm here for yeah <laughs> like i found I, when they show up and like start, I, I find the game kind of tanks for me a little bit because I'm here to fight crazy alien monster things and not, like, dudes and scout walkers. You gotta love that uh, destruction, too. Destruction looks better. Uh, Except that it all looks like it's made out of paper mache. Yeah, but it still looks better than any of the others. They've yeah. Done. Like, there like everything been... happens in slow motion. Of course, because it's, it's a kaiju movie. <laughs> like, they're, they're dealing with the conventions of, of what, they're, you know, they're, what they're taking from, and I, st I think that still works. Um... And there's a different uh, different mech suits you can use. There's a standard soldier. There's the wing suit with where you can fly around, but you have less durability. There's the prowl suit, which is like speed oriented, I think. And then there's a heavy suit that um, you're just a giant tank, and you you know that's that's the one you're supposed to use the swords for, because but the you know the swords are like the close combat weapons, and you it's, it's a little monster huntery. Yeah. Uh, in that regard, I don't find that the the melee stuff works too well. No, in this. it felt it's better. Really it's weird. better to just have like some powerful distance weapons, keep stay away from these guys, and uh, and deal with that. And then there's like you know you can. Does the enemy variety ever change? Oh yeah, like there's okay. more and more as you go along. Uh, it just takes these games take their time. I mean. 
And and the thing the thing that like kind of sinks it for me after a while is how short the missions are. Where like don't uh, games like this where like you're it's so brainless and so like just sort of like mindless kind of it's fun but it's also sort of dumb. Don't give me a lot of time to think about it. Yep. Like the problem <laughs> like once you like between, once that happens, it's all over. Once I get to that mission select screen that takes like three button presses to get through, I have enough time to think about, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. Why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but I like, I mean, if you like Earth Defense Force, this is probably as polished as it gets, um, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> oh, this um, is way more polished than any yeah. EDF before it. I mean, it's not even in the same class. Um, I will say that there's, probably, you know, like, there's a mechanic in this where um, you have a booster thing on your, your pack, and uh, if you get knocked down, you can boost out of it, but you've only got five boost charges, and if you run out, the thing overheats, and you have to wait for it to, you know, just like your usual thing. Yeah, it's cool to Power up. But, like, sometimes if you're in the middle of some enemies, and they not keep knocking you down, and every time you do the, recover, the fast recovery thing, you use up a boost point, and if you use them all up, you get overheated, and then you die. Uh -oh. Like, if you're in the middle of everything, and, and you're still trying to get away. Like, you can, you can hit, like, kind of things where and the enemies are relentless and annoying enough that they will just keep knocking you down, knocking you down, like, you, know, you never get a chance to kind of recover. I died in this a lot. It's hard. Like, it's, I died within the first five minutes of I starting I have died more in this game than any other Earth Defense Force. <laughs> I'm playing on normal. Some Earth Defense Forces, like, you, you're supposed to play on easy first for you, until you build up your arsenal. I feel like normal's doable on this, but it's you. You can die real fast. Like there's. I did. I died you, several times. If you're not upgrade, especially if you're not upgrading your hit points uh, regularly, um, which I have been, but even so, I'm still at the point where like I can. If if I take three bad hits, I'm probably dead. Um, you can't play co-op, which uh, helps because you can revive each other um, with certain certain items. The way the items work is you equip various items, and you've got kind of like a point system where you can only equip so many things because each thing costs a certain amount of points. It's just like the pick 10 from Call of Duty. Kind of, yeah. And, <laughs> um, you know, and so you can equip everything from like grenades to healing items to tanks and gunships. And the trick is that after every mission, they tally up your ratings and you get money based on, uh, you know, your, how well you did. And if you used items of any kind, you get docked from your money. Uh, of having used. So like if you use like a grenade, maybe you get docked like 90 points. Whereas if you use a tank, you're docked like 3,000. 3, yeah. um, and the trick is that eventually you start running a situation. I ran into situations where I'm like, I can't beat this without a tank. So I brought in yeah, a tank. Yeah, to start using it. Yeah. And uh, what you, you, know, you saw in the, the footage, there was like the Scorpion mech thing yeah, yeah. you were driving. And like, you can get you know, flying ships. And like, I mean, you, it, there's a lot of stuff to play with in this. Tons of customization on the, on the characters. Um, Clothing and armor and 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 all the upgrades of all the various weapons and you know I'm I, I have like a hundred. The character 000. customization was pretty impressive actually. Oh, yeah. That's a surprise. I mean the characters don't look great, but there's a lot of options. Yeah, you can mess with stuff constantly unlocks to to play with and put on the character, add to the guns or new guns on, get unlocked and like there's all the different types of guns you can use and look some of the guns like I've found like they they cost millions to to unlock and I only have like two hundred thousand. Right now, so I'm like, okay, so apparently this goes on for a while, and they want you to play the other difficulty levels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, there's a full multiplayer mode with, I think, up to eight players. Um, Have you tried that yet? Uh, there wasn't a lot of people on, yeah. oddly <laughs> enough. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got in a game with, like, two, three other people, and it was fine. It, yeah. was, it was fun. So um, I'm guessing this game is a discount title. No, this game costs sixty bucks. Oh, it's a full price. It's a full game. price game, and I, or unless you buy the uh, the ultimate edition, which I think is eighty nine. <laughs> um, which, in, which includes the season pass and a bunch of extra stuff. Wow. Um, 
So yeah, that's this that. should be a budget title. I, it will be soon enough. Yeah, yeah you give it another two weeks. <laughs> um, if you're if you're a fan, you know what you're getting into. It's cool. Also, uh, other thing. Yeah, well, fans of the series enjoy this. Absolutely, it's okay. the same game. It's the same game. It just looks different. Pretty. I think it looks better. Some people might not like the the more realistic look, but I think it's cool. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting is there are uh, weapons in this game that have active reload on them. Oh, really? Where if, From like Gears, like of, Gears War. of War. Which is a mechanic. I do not understand why more people don't steal that yeah, mechanic. Yeah, it should have been stolen so many um, times. So it doesn't do the thing with Gears of War where if you get the perfect reload, you uh, have powered power. up ammo. What it does is it halves the reload time. And reload uh, time in this game is very important because all the time you're spending reloading is time you could... You're getting attacked. It's 14,000 ants coming at you. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so it's in. I had a rocket launcher that had that, and like it changed the game. It cha the fact that I could have the time it took to reload that and keep firing rockets at these things, awesome. Make a big difference. So uh, I, I asked Cliff that once. I'm like, how come more people don't steal that idea? He's like, I don't know. I thought it was great. He's it like, is great. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's like, I thought. He's like, it seems like it'd be pretty simple to implement. But he, that was one of the things he didn't. He didn't have an answer for that. He's like, huh. I. Th he thought that was going to be like, a, and I did too. When I first played Gears of War, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the new paradigm. Like, this is going to be what everybody uses for reloading stuff now. And almost nobody does it. But here we are. Yep. Earth Defense Force. Only, only ED. Which, which is also another thing. I was like, I feel like people, I feel like they looked at Gears of War very hard for, like, what Western audiences like. Oh, yeah. And, the over-the-shoulder thing. And, and that's, yeah. that's probably how They're that got in They're only about a decade behind, but okay. But yeah, but you know what? It still made the it's game something. better. Yeah, yeah, it's something. Absolutely. It's, it's cool. Um, I do kind of miss some of the cheesy stuff in the old games, like where you'd shoot these giant robots and like they'd like wiggle around and like yeah, bounce the around and stuff, ragdoll. But you can knock their aim off doing that. But like, uh, it works. Like it's it's and and the destruction's cool. And, like the nighttime stuff actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, for what it is. Uh, it's it's by far the best looking EDF game. I don't think oh, any, yeah. other, any of the other ones even come close. But uh, it's sixty bucks. That's a if you've played these games steep. before, you'd know why sixty bucks is a little steep. Um, is this out for PS PC? I don't know. Or is it just console? I have it on PS4. Yeah, I have uh, the PS4 version, too. I don't know if it's on PC. The okay. others have come to PC. Yeah. Like most of the recent ones I, I kind of assumed it was. So, if it's not now, I bet it will be. Yep. Okay, so there you go. Earth Defense Force Iron Rain. What do you think the Iron Rain means? What does that have to do with? Iron Rain? Just meaning that, like, robots coming from the sky? That, or bullets, yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, like, you know... <laughs> shrapnel yeah. I don't know I think mainly it's just like it's a cool thing that sounds like gun stuff and westerners like gun stuff so yeah. it's Iron Rain there you go uh, alright let's move on to our next topic they called Infinite Ant Discovery or something like that <laughs> yeah. uh, next up we're going to talk about another story that broke today it's actually great because some of the topics we had in the show before were like borderline mm -hmm. we were able to push those out for some of the stuff that broke today and another story that broke today well, it actually kind of broke yesterday, but the full reveal was today. And that is that Capcom is working on its own micro console uh, called Capcom Home Arcade. Mm -hmm. It <laughs> Maybe we should just let people watch this trailer because it's, it, I will say this much. It shocked me when I saw it for the first time. Uh, maybe some of you guys were on Sifted today and you already saw this. Um, it is not your typical micro console. In fact, calling it a micro would be a really bad idea because it's gigantic. It is, and there you see it, basically a micro console built into dual arcade sticks. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to really describe it, I think. Um, 
You it's could also a, describe it as ugly as hell. It's a crazy idea. I love how they use their logo as the form factor for the whole thing. It's like, and the buttons, like the buttons are colored like mm -hmm. the logo. It's like you can't see them. They don't stand out from the the face of the of the cons. It's very bizarre. Um, it has 16 games. Is that right? Yep. 16 different games. And I will say this: the selection of games. Yeah, there's a few things in there that I never thought we'd see released at market again. Mainly uh, Aliens vs. Predator. Uh, Cyberbots has never come to the U.S. Has never been released in the U.S. Um, there's a couple of there's a couple of gems in there. However, sixteen arcade ROMs for two hundred plus dollars. Yeah. So is not <laughs> yeah. really cool. I mean, I know you're mostly paying for this stupid dual stick thing, but like. Wow. Like, talk about holding one of the classics hostage. In that, I mean, I'm hoping at some point we get the same collection on, like, Switch or, or like, standard consoles without the sticks because it would be a shame to, like, not... It would be a shame to go through the effort of getting the Aliens vs. Predator uh, license permission back to put this thing, that game out again and not release it on something other than just this. Yeah, so... <laughs> This costs, the only price they've announced so far is for Europe. Mm. And in Europe, it's 230 euro. So, US, this is going to be at anywhere. At least 200. At least 200. It'll probably be it, closer to 250, mm. depending on the conversion rate when this comes out. And it's, when does it come out, actually? Oh, October 25th. So, there's time for the exchange rate to actually change. Mm. So, we don't really have a good idea exactly what the US price is going to be. But it's going to be at least 200 bucks, At yep. least. And as Matt alluded to, yeah, okay, you get it. Arcade sticks are expensive on their own. And they've built this micro console into the arcade sticks. But, man, mm -hmm. even if it does end up being 200 in the U.S., which I don't think it will be. I think it'll be 250 If it's 200 in the U.S., who's going to buy this, Matt? Not me, and if Nobody. and if I'm not buying it, you got a problem because yeah. this is my this is my alley. It's your bread here. and butter. It's my it, lane. It's insane that they would make it this way. Like, I mean, I would buy this collection, like yeah, software wise. Yeah. You just buy but, like a forty dollar disc or whatever. I mean, with the Alien vs Predator is, is one of the you know, one of the beat 'em up classics. Uh, what's what's that other one? Um, Actually, can you armored. go back to that screen that shows all the games and just pause it there for a second, Sam? Yeah, what was the Armored? Can I can never remember through. the name. Armored Warfare, I think it is. That's a great, like, you know, there was that period where they just did those side-scrolling beat-em-ups for Capcom. And, like, there was, they were great. Like, the, the Aliens vs. Predator, Armored Warfare. Final uh, Fight is in there. Final yeah, Fight's in Sam there. Right but there. it's also not, like, uh, Armored Warriors. Is that it? Armored, yeah, Armored Warriors. Um, Eco Fighters. Eco Fighter, Strider, uh, Strider. Yeah, my Strider's cool, but I have it on other things. Yeah, um, Puzzle Fighter, Goals and Ghosts, Cyberbots is fun. I mean, it's a fighting Final game fight. that never really came here. It's weird that there's so few fighting games on a yeah on a giant this built with arcade, arcade stick. sticks um, to the point that you you know I guess they're going for also co-op, but Captain Commando. But it's also like a little disappointing that we didn't get um, uh, I think Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Was it Cadillacs and Dinosaurs? Was them or D Data East? That's Data East, I believe. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's some good stuff in there. Things I, I didn't necessarily think would ever be released for sale again. 1944 is a great game. Yeah, but it's just... It's been on collections before. Yeah, it's, I mean, Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, arcade yeah. version of that. That's cool, but it's like, for that kind of money, with that kind of setup... Also, I hate, you know, you know com combination two-stick things, because 
you got to sit too close to people and like you're jerking it around all the time and like it's you know, moving around like it, it doesn't really work too well it doesn't work too well uh on laps compared to like standing in front of a machine yeah um i think this whole thing is just insane and it's, ugly. it's i mean completely nothing against insane. nothing against the capcom logo but that is ugly as hell it is crazy i mean so it has wi-fi yeah. but Apparently, you can't play against other people online. It's no. just for leaderboards. Just leaderboards. So you, you spend leaderboards, the money. Leaderboards, worth it at twice the price. It's, it's, it's like, th This whole thing boggles my mind. Super weird. Now, I was talking earlier about, hey, you think this might be something worth buying as a collector? I think this is something that, as a collector that's worth buying. I mean, certainly you'll hit a point where they're hard to get because yeah. no one buys them. And I, I, one, I don't think they're going to manufacture a ton. And two, I don't think anyone's going to buy them. At the same time, I thought the same thing about a few other collector-related things for Capcom over the years, and that stuff's all worthless now. Really? So, I mean, it'll be worth something in part because it's the only re home release probably we'll ever see, unless this collection comes software only to, you know, the consoles and PC. Uh, Aliens vs. Predator on a home version. A home version of Aliens vs. Predator is, like, something I never thought would happen. Yeah. That's, um, that's really the big get here, yeah. I think. Yeah. No question. Um, the other stuff is all sort of like... It's not worth $200. Frankly, the other stuff is all things they could have released at any time in yeah, the last 20 years. Absolutely. And like you said, they could put out this collection for like 30 or 40 bucks on a disc, mm -hmm. and it really doesn't change anything. Like having this, these arcade sticks, does that really change the experience? Especially when you can't play online. It's, it's just bizarre. I have no idea what Capcom's thinking with this. Um, I admire that it's trying to, I mean, it's going into hardware and it's really kind of striking out and doing something different. Yeah, I It's just, just not the right kind of different. I just like, and it's a quality, mostly it looks like quality stick, you know, Sanwa stuff. And yeah, it's, Sanwa. It's fine. Sticks, like, yeah. I just want an, you know, I just want an official release of Aliens vs. Predator I can play. I don't need it to be this weird, over-the-top, ugly stick thing. And also, if you're going to charge that much money, you should load that thing. That should have Why are there every, 16 games? That should have every Street Fighter ever made. It should have every oh, Dark Stalkers have, ever like, made. It should have every Capcom fighter ever made. At least anything that hasn't been made in the last, like, maybe draw the line at, like, Street Fighter 4. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it can do Street... Well, I don't think it can do Street Fighter 3, either. I don't think it has CPS 3. Yeah. But anything CPS 1 and 2 should be in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's no reason it only has 16 games. It's ridiculous. And uh, no way to expand it. No way to... Yeah, you know, it's like... I mean, I'm sure people will homebrew the shit yeah, out of it. Oh, yeah. They'll figure like, out a way. They'll yeah. stick a terabyte hard drive in thing. it, and it'll become like... Actually, if you're looking to create like an emulation machine, maybe this is a pretty awesome thing to have. Well, I don't know, because I think it you know depends like what kind of power it has, a processor or whatever. Yeah. Like, well, at the very least, it's a great... It looks like a great CPS emulator. Yeah. And there might be a way for homebrew people to sort of figure out how to make a CPS 3 board run on it. But I don't know. We don't know the specs. I mean, those people like figure out how to make it work with like a Raspberry Pi or some crap. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what's in this thing, <laughs> yeah. really. But uh, again, I guarantee you, if you've got a couple sticks laying around, you could make one out of a Raspberry Pi for less money than you it could. costs for this. You I mean, obviously that would be illegal. But um, <laughs> but I mean, how much do two sticks cost? Like a hundred bucks, one fifty probably per. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess you are getting a deal on the sticks ultimately. More or less. I mean, I mean, the, the price is not outrageous for what they're giving you in terms of hardware. It's just who wants that? I yeah. Mean, I've got arcade sticks. I'm fine. Yeah. Like, it also you know, appears that you can't use the sticks as just a regular controller. Yeah. That to me 
would be a huge value add that would maybe make this worth it. If it had ports... Yeah, if you could plug this into a PC or a P PS4 or something and yep. use it, like, that it, would be different. If it just... Yeah, I don't know if, if it would work that. for Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch, then as just a, a great arcade stick controller, mm -hmm. then I think maybe you're talking about something that maybe has a market, but as is, man, it just... Yeah, you can see the ports. I mean, they show the ports there. It's a very strange choice. <laughs> the whole thing I mean, there is, is a USB so there, so maybe you could plug it into something. Yeah, it's possible. But I guess you'd need the, the female end to be plugged into the console, right? You need the male end. Well, they'd they both be male. Yeah. Yeah, so, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know. I mean, you could, maybe. I don't know. I mean, most, most usually these sticks are pretty you know, plug and play, so. Yeah. And it says that on the thing, so. I mean, it, maybe, <laughs> it does. I, I think it would be harder to make it not compatible with, like, plugging it into, a, like, a PC or something yeah. than to just let it happen. You would think. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, well, we'll actually, see. I won't see because I don't, uh, I'm not going to buy that. This so. is going to be one of those oddities where you never see it until, like, someday, like, 15 years later, you go to someone's house and he has one. Yeah. You're like, holy crap, you bought one of these? Like, look, if can if, I try it? If it crashes and burns, and you can get it off Amazon for like fifty bucks in uh, six I'm months, there. I'll I'm probably there. do oh, that. Yeah, I'll definitely like, do it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I I love like that they've brought back some of these obscure games in this lineup, but like there's not enough of them, and it's it's too much money for something that I don't need. Yeah. Yep. Much as I would love to have uh, Aliens vs Predator. Not for that much money. Not for that kind of money. Yep. Game wasn't that good. No, definitely not. I don't know if I can think of any 2D game that's that good. <sighs> that was one of the biggest sighs in the history of Game Face right there. <laughs> no. Yeah, just so close and yet so far. Yes. It's hopefully they'll release the, 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 you know, the arcade pack as like some standalone thing on digitally or something. I mean, if I were to fix that thing, I would make sure it worked with all the consoles. I would also make it so that you can break the sticks apart. Yeah. So if you want to just take I mean, that one even makes sense because it's house. cap and com. Right. Like you no, just, yeah. cap. I'll take the cap side. You got the com yeah. side. <laughs> so weird. Mr. Wolf, you have the com. <laughs> There's a lot of things they could do to make this worthwhile. Apparently, they're not doing it. So I don't know. It's very bizarre. It's weird. I mean, I know Capcom's in sort of a renaissance mode right now. Yeah. But like, that's not the way you do it. This is odd. Yeah. This is a. It's just crazy. Look at it. Well, it's at least we're talking Capcom about it. I guess. Logo. Real bizarre. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. We're going to talk about hardware now that we are really excited for. Ladies and gentlemen, today, uh, for the first time, we got concrete information on the PlayStation 5. This isn't a leak. This isn't data mining. This isn't a retail listing on Amazon Canada or Walmart Canada. This is straight from the horse's mouth, wired did a big feature with Mr. Cerny, who as you all know, is the architect of pretty much every PlayStation platform ever. Um, I think maybe not PlayStation 1, but he started working on the, in that capacity on, he was PlayStation, definitely on PlayStation 2. on PlayStation 2. And uh, he's, a, he's a tech god for the most part. And he has been the one who's kind of unveiled all the new hardware for PlayStation. Remember the PS4 Pro? He was the first person who came out and talked about that. And uh, Wired got some time with him. And, and of he, course, Knack. Knack, yeah, that's right. He's also a developer, though. That's yeah. what a lot of people forget. He, he made Marvel Madness. He did, yeah. He's made a lot of great games. He made the first Ratchet and Clank with Insomniac, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, he did an interview with Wired, and he gave up the first details of the PlayStation 5. Before we get into those details, why did this happen today? 
Why not? Just I, I, randomly out of nowhere with nothing to tie it to. Why? Uh, I think they knew that like Microsoft's going to start revealing stuff. Yeah. And I mean, get, it knows next week, right, yeah. that the discless Xbox One is going to be unveiled, which is probably the first prong of its E3 attack mm. from Microsoft's perspective. Uh, but otherwise, it's very bizarre, don't you think, yeah. to just what do an interview with a magazine... What if you're getting, you know, if you get any closer to E3, you're sort of like... They're not at E3. Why didn't you just go to E3? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm already saying that when they did this. We're mm. two months away from E3, and I'm still like, why didn't you do this at E3? They have nothing to show. But still, I mean, you can still do this interview at E3. So you have some mind share, and you just don't let Microsoft take it all, because it just is so out of character. Because typically... Is it? Sony, yeah, because typically Sony... Arrogant Sony is not out of character. <laughs> Sony's typically the counterpuncher. It waits. It's, it's had the, the fortune of letting Microsoft always go first. And then, you know, Paxet mm-hmm. brought up in this week about how they made fun of, of uh, Xbox with the whole, here's how you share games on PlayStation and, and shoot just hands uh, mm-hmm. someone a game. And it's like this. That, like Which they shot in a hotel room the night before. And you can say. tell. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, all, that all stuff happens so fast. Yeah. And so PlayStation is the counterpuncher. It lets Microsoft announce its stuff. And then it comes back and says, oh, okay, well, we're going to do that better, or we're going to do something completely different that people are going to like more. Mm-hmm. They have given, and they Microsoft now has two months to use this information to help shape how it's going to announce the next Xbox. It just... It, are it, they? What do you mean? You think they're going to announce the next well, Xbox? Well, they have the E3? whole specs of the PlayStation 5 now. They know what they need to beat. Before, mm-hmm. they had no idea. Well... I wouldn't say that. I I'm would sure say everybody, I'm sure everyone has some idea. They had a clue. Everybody, because developers talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to say they had no idea. But now they know for sure the benchmark yeah. that they need to At the very to least, they can, they can see like who, what they've committed to. Right. Like now, now you've locked in a few things. Yeah, it just seems so weird for me that Sony did this. And this time. I don't know. Not uh, coming out this year. That was another thing. No, that, 2020. I yep. mean, I don't, I don't think any... Did anyone really believe 2019... No. For a new system. I mean, some people did, but they're gullible and I don't mean, follow the industry yeah. close enough. I mean, I think believing 2019... They're not for, sifters. Believing 2019 for Last of Us 2 is weird enough. Yeah. Um, they just wrapped mocap on that for, for one of the actors. I saw that, like, yeah. Like, and I know they can do that. They can do that turnaround pretty fast They now. have in the past. Yeah. Like, they've, like, they've been in the mocap studio like two or three weeks before our games have come out mm-hmm. before. So that's not out of the ordinary. No, thing. but like, I don't know. I don't know. Still a little weird. Yeah. yeah. I would um, love it. That would be awesome. But, but uh, not like. Yeah, you gotta get through Days Gone first. Yeah, coming soon. Um, really soon. Yeah, maybe that's what part of this is like. Hey, we might as well talk about Sony because we're about to have our big game release. I, am at a loss. I don't know why they did it, but let's now. Maybe Cerny just made a command decision. I it's don't know. Possible. You know, yeah. Like we gotta get back in the news somehow. It's possible. Um, let's start talking about some of the stuff that he shared, and he shared a lot. Um, I think. First, on the top of everyone's mind, that people were probably concerned about if they bought into PlayStation 4 is, is PlayStation 5 going to be backwards compatible with PS4? It is. Absolutely. Of course. Um, they didn't commit to anything beyond that. Because yeah, you get to the PlayStation 3, you got to deal with the cell processor. No, and but I think PlayStation 4 stuff will all carry forward, and he did specifically note that, like, you know, there will be enhanced versions of things that also run on PlayStation 4. You know, like, he basically they're confirmed gonna, yeah, they're that Death Stranding is going to be a bridge game. Yeah, they're going to share stuff. And, yeah. and they're going to be... It is going to be interesting to me if they if the, the SKUs are the same. Like, if, if, a, if you buy Death Stranding, 
will that disc just work on right. both systems? That's interesting. In? Or will there be a PS4 version and a PS5 branded version? Well, if and, it's backwards and the other compatible, and the yeah, other question right, because I could just say, well, if you want to play backwards compatible games on PS5, you have to download them instead of right. using the disc. That's possible, but also could you know using the Xbox system where you put the disc in and you just download the thing it and it plays it. like that. That could work, but like my question becomes like, do I mean there's got to be the, the temptation to put out PlayStation Five branded versions of these things just to have more PlayStation Five content on the shelf? Oh, absolutely. So my yeah. question becomes, will they just be the same disc with a different label on them? Probably. Yeah, like yeah. are you able to buy like a PlayStation Five and disc yeah, and put, it, put the, it into a PlayStation Four and it just runs? Yeah, I don't think that but the it codes, runs as a PS4. I don't think the codes any. Different. I would think not. I would. It's, it's I would just not think scaling so. with the hardware basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unless would, there's some kind of compression difference, they'll in, definitely slap the PS Five logo on it. Yeah. I guarantee you that. But I would not be surprised if you're able to buy a PlayStation Five game and then put that disc into your PS Four and play it, like mm-hmm. Death Stranding. Like when you buy Death Stranding. I would not be surprised at all if the jewel case, the the boxing, the packaging, all is branded PlayStation 5, but mm-hmm. you can take that disc inside it and stick it in your PS4 and it plays. I yeah. would not be shocked at all if that's the case. Or like if it's like a half and half thing. Yeah. Where like the, right. the, the strip at the top is PS5 Yeah, they'll here. come up with some kind of Because obviously PS5, I'm sure, will not be blue. You know, PlayStation 4's color is kind of blue. Yeah. All the branding on the disc cases is blue. Yeah. So I bet that, like, bet PlayStation 5 will be black or something. And, like, so you have half black strip, half blue strip. So you know it's, it works on both. Yeah. And then you'll have, play, eventually, at least, you'll have, or maybe at launch, I don't know, you'll have PlayStation 5 only stuff. Um, which didn't work tremendously well with the, the, the 3DS and the new 3DS thing. No. But, um, no, I, I think you're being kind <laughs> saying that. <laughs> but we did only get, like, Three new 3DS games, right? And yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they play that. But it is also good, like the idea that like, I I was pretty convinced from long ago that like you can't make people abandon their PS4 library. No way. Like that you've 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 bought in too hard to that. You've attached it to too many things. Uh, it's gone too far digital. Um, you've you've the PlayStation Plus stuff has been too integral in like kind of people's identity in terms of how they play their PlayStation 4. Like, moving forward, you have to be able to take all that stuff with you. Yeah. And so uh, I'm glad that they actually did. They realized that, too. Because yeah. that wasn't a guarantee. But it was pretty pretty close to one. But, you know, okay. We're good. Yep. Um, PlayStation VR will work with it. So also you don't, good you don't have to worry. So if yeah. you bought PlayStation VR, it is going to work just fine with PlayStation 5. Work real good. I mean, with that oh, level, it's going to work power, way better. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, oh, you know what I should have mentioned uh, about Jupiter is Mars? I didn't get sick playing it. I played mm. it in VR and didn't get sick. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I'm playing on PS4 Pro. I got that for Christmas, so maybe that helps. Um, four years in development. It's been they've been working on it for four years. I'm mm. actually surprised. I figured it would have been just as forever. Like I figured the day the PS4 launched, they started working on the PS5, but it looks like they did take a little bit of a hiatus. Sure, Maybe they he, used that time to build the PS4 Pro. No, they used that time to make NAC 2. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> that is possible. I don't know how day-to-day Cerny is involved with stuff like that. Yeah, not very. I, no. I wouldn't think. He's, he's not. He's more of a consultant or something. Yeah, yeah. They call him when they can't get like a shader to work or whatever, mm-hmm. and he tells them how to fix it. It's um, not fun. He's like, it's NAC. It's, it's not, not supposed, supposed to be fun. To be fun. <laughs> Uh, developers have been working on software for a while. Mm. He didn't say how long. He said, quote, unquote, for a while. Um, so these dev kits Well, are... how long has Death Stranding been in development? That's how, <laughs> that's how long a while is. So dev kits have been out there in mm. the wild with developers for quite some time. So at least they know 
the parameters that they're working with. And uh, so all all prepare. you people who bought the uh, Xbox ver Xbox One X version of Red Dead Redemption Two, oh get ready to buy a PlayStation Four version. You buy it again, yeah, because that thing's gonna look good. It will look good, absolutely. Although I don't know how it could look much better than it does on the X. Rockstar's got it, you know, ray tracing. Ray yeah. tracing is gonna change a lot. Yep. Let's start getting into some of the nuts mm -hmm. and bolts of this stuff. Um, it is coming with an AMD Ryzen CPU with eight cores of the new 7 nanometer Zen 2 micro architecture. Sam, what does that mean? Yeah, we quizzed Sam on this before we started the show. Sam read the specs for PlayStation 5 and he was like, I think it's a different language. He's yeah. like, he so couldn't he, understand like, This might as well be in Latin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I said, I'm glad there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, they're getting a lot of Processing power on a very small mm. die is what it comes down to. It's pro the process, the seven nanometer process means that they can, and the power dispersal, the heat dispersal from mm -hmm. it, it's all like bleeding edge tech. It's basically the yeah. best you can get right now. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, it sounds like they have also been listening to the complaints about the noise of the yeah. PlayStation 4. Which mine is not particularly loud, but mine's I know not either. My pro isn't. My old one was. Some people have had, you know, it seems to be a build quality or a, a tolerance thing. I played Spider Man, and I thought that thing was going to blast off of my Sometimes entertainment that center and go straight to the moon. I'll tell you what actually did make my the base my one. pro make a lot of noise was um, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, not oh, really? Odyssey, uh, Origin. Assassin's Creed Origin. When I would go, I am to, not surprised by that at all. Well, no, I'm, when I go to the menu screen. What? With it, like the map, yeah, like it sounded like a jet taking wow. off. Wow! And I asked some of my Ubisoft, like, why is it doing that? If I left it, because I'd leave it on the map and I go do something, and yeah. I come back and be like, <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong? Why are you freaking out? I, mean, I put it on the map. The I guess like the map. If 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 you have like a map screen or a menu screen, and you don't like tell the game it's not, don't run the frame rate forever. Uh. It can just like. It can be like run, it's like running a flash program at like super high frame rates, and like you'd never know, but it's like basically like overheating the machine. Wow! And Origin would do, would cause that. Sometimes. I have never heard my PS4 Pro. I don't know. I don't I've know if that's exactly it. what Origin was doing, but I, if I left it on the menu on like the map screen, it, just went off. it would sometimes the the cooling system would just go crazy, and I just have to go back to the. You're right, though. They're yeah. focusing on heat and things like that yeah. with the PlayStation Five. This. Uh, this CPU will help with that a lot. It will, although it sounds like they're they're really focusing on headphone quality audio. 3D audio. Yeah, which Big means deal. hopefully you won't be able to hear it through your headphones. I mean, I don't play with headphones. I use. I, I do surround, all the time. I have a surround sound system that I'm like, if I don't have to have something on my ears, I'm not going to. I, I have a wife who sleeps in the room next to me. Right. <laughs> I have to put right. the headphones on for my late night gaming, or she wakes up and comes out and gives me the business. So uh, I, I will appreciate that, but... It was interesting that Cerny, in the first public statements about the PlayStation 5, made such a big deal about the audio. Yeah, well, he said he, he was frustrated that the audio jump never from evolved. 3 to 4 was not particularly noteworthy. Well, he said from 2 to 3 and 3 to 4. Yeah. It's all been the same. It's just been 5.1, 7.1 surround sound. Mm -hmm. This is 3D audio. They said the audio can be tracked from eight different directions. Above you, mm -hmm. below you, on the sides, not just in front and behind. Yeah, and this is where the ray tracing is also going to be used in a more innovative For way. For audio. Because you, yeah. you can use the way that ray, you know, ray tracing, like the idea is like you, you show that the light bounces off something and how it illuminates something after bouncing off something else. But you can use that same tech 
to bounce audio waves off something and determine yeah. whether you'd be able to hear that sound through a certain material or on the other side of a particular obstacle or something. And I think, I'll, I'll, I'll put a bet down right now, that is going to be one of the big features that Last of Us 2 only does on PlayStation 5. That you're going to be able to use, like basically turn off all the, all the UI stuff and do stealth just by hearing where footsteps are and whether something's muffled through a door or over. Like, I think you're going to, I think they're going to like... There has to be an option. They're going to take the stealth to, yeah, but I think you're going to be able to play in like a pure right. mode that like take, uses the 3D audio to basically take the stealth in that game to the next level. And it's only going to be able to be possible through the ray tracing tricks. Yeah. And so for I, people who have like crazy surround sound Now to system. be fair, that is a hard sell on a game box. It is. But... <laughs> You need a paragraph instead this, of a bullet point. To me, that when he said this stuff about the ray tracing audio thing, that made me think that is something Naughty Dog would be instantly excited oh, yeah. about. That's For totally sure. something they would do. Yep. So I think that is going to be one of the big. And but the thing is, like, it's a it's a it's a tech trick. It's a hardware trick. It's a sound, you know, you know, tech trick. But it's something that makes gameplay different and better. Like, like, like that's a good example of like, it's like a cool like kind of tech nerd thing. But it's going to change how you play that game it if, will. You, if you yeah. were to pick that hypothetical mode. Like I think yep. that's a really cool idea. Yep. Uh, next up is using a Radeon Navi GPU, as we said with ray tracing, mm -hmm. up to 8K. Yeah. And they said that they couldn't even obviously show them 8K like because they, don't have, they didn't have an 8K <laughs> there's no monitor. Con there's no content. Yeah. They have no 8K games to even show. So they showed him the demonstration on a 4K monitor instead of 8K. But they say it's going to be capable of 8K. What do you think that ultimately means? Okay, it's it's able to push out 8k signals mm -hmm. but what do you think that means for what we're ultimately going to play i mean what it means is you it means 4k we're well, going to play well you can play 4k i mean obviously 4k is going to be intended to be the default in the way that 1080p was supposedly the default this generation unless you're playing an xbox one yeah um the uh the 8k thing i mean that's a ways out um you're starting to see those tvs sold now for 8k for almost eight K dollars, mastering <laughs> for more stuff. Than 8K mastering dollars. stuff in eight K is kind of ridiculous right now. I don't think you're going to see wide adoption of that for many years, several yeah. years. Um, they, I mean, studios are just getting done remastering stuff in four K. For God's sake, eight um, K is about the limit of film. Uh, like if you were to just raw take raw a thirty five millimeter film frame, uh, it would be an eight K image more or less. Um, you're talking about the the upper limit of of analog film quality. Um, so this is about as far as it goes until we start plugging things into our brains directly or something. Yeah, I mean, you um, won't need, once you get an 8K TV, conceivably, you really would probably never need to buy a TV again. That's why all these companies are terrified. Yeah, that's why um, they're not giving us 8K. <laughs> there's, there's still time to go. The, yeah. the 8K, I mean, you're probably looking in the same way that 4K was this, this generation. If you're talking about 8K, it's like, yeah, probably some stuff can run at 8K. I'd probably run at almost 30 frames a second. Um, it'll be one of those, like, that'll be the trade. If you really desperately want 8K, that'll be the, the performance versus resolution trade-off next-gen. But, frankly, I think if you got a lot of stuff running at 4K, a solid 4K at a steady frame rate, 30 or 60, whichever it ends up being, I'm pretty happy with that. Like, I don't... 8K is more of a future-proofing that probably is not going to be as robust as they want you to think it is right now. Do you, don't you think that they'd be able to get higher frame rates than 60 at 4K? Or do you think that they will just make the games look so good that, that yeah, they won't? No one will ever prioritize frame rate over 
resolution. Yeah. Like that. You don't sell games on frame rates. You sell them on pretty pictures. Well, it depends on the game. If like, you can There's make a it, few games where frame rate matters. Yeah, but you're never going to see that as like a bullet point beyond like the hardcore. Like, like, I mean, yeah, Call of Duty runs at 60 frames a second, but you ever see them brag about that in the commercials? No, because the no, mainstream not audience the doesn't give a shit. They do in the interviews, but sure, but not like from, for us, yeah. sure, but not for like the people that make it the hit. Right. You know? Yeah. It, it's got to be pretty before it runs at a high frame rate. And if you can make it run at 60, great. But like that's about it. I mean, yeah, you are getting to the point where you probably have some some market for 144 hertz. Um, but I feel like 60 is plenty good enough for the the mainstream market. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like one way or the other. Um, so I don't think you're going to see uh, you know 4K 60 as a default target because I think you're always going to ha- people are going to always want it to be Push the envelope prettier and, and you're yeah. going to you're going to end up at the 30. Um, but you never know. It's scale. You know, the hardware is powerful and scalable enough that you might be looking at like a you know a very standard situation of do you want to run it you know full resolution with a lower frame rate or do you want to run at a lower resolution with higher frame rate? And generally, I will pick the latter. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what it is. I mean, they, they got a lot of power in this thing. Um, Hell yeah, they do. Certainly your PS4 games will run at 4K60, I would think. Yeah. Um, God of War is going to... I mean... It's blistering. I'll buy, this, I'll buy this thing at launch just to play my favorite PS4 exclusive. No, seriously. On, on more powerful hardware. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and to see them do it with no load time, apparently. Yeah. One, one thing they did mention that I thought was interesting is PlayStation VR, VR has now sold 4 million units. That's a lot. That was mentioned by Cerny in that interview. I was shocked by that. I was that's, like, okay. That's like twice what I thought it yeah. would be. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was surprised to read that. Um, and it also explains why they made the point to say, you know what, that's going to work on PlayStation mm-hmm. 5 as well. Um, maybe the biggest thing of all is a specialized SSD hard drive with raw bandwidth higher than any SSD available for PCs. Uh, they're saying it's 19 times mm. faster yeah, and the demo he showed was fast travel on Spider-Man. Yeah, which on a play, on a PS4 Pro, it's 15 seconds of load time, and on the PlayStation 5 dev thing, was 0.8. Yeah, it's basically no <laughs> load time. That's crazy. And as Tim Rogers it's like said, Flash Media, as almost. Tim Rogers said on Twitter, when am I gonna look at Instagram now? Yeah. It's like I said, we were talking about... You get so much done during load screens. Yeah, I do. Like, we were talking about that a couple weeks ago, about how I, like, I don't notice load times anymore because as soon as the game starts loading, I just start looking at social media or whatever on my phone. Uh, 8.8 seconds. That's insane. Yeah, but that also, you know, it's not just like, oh, no load times. It's like, if you can access the hard drive that fast, that changes how you can develop. That changes a lot about how you can make a game work. Because he also mentioned that basically the buses that let... All the components mm. of the PS5 communicate right. are gigantic pipes. Yeah, and just like the it's input, the, it's the opposite of the PS3. Yeah, where the PS3 they had to add the sound process and the GPU after the fact when developers refused to write their own graphics engine every time they wanted to use a cell processor for anything. Right, because that was the original idea of the PS3 is it was just those cell processors and whatever you wanted the game to, to do, do you, them, had, you, you had to, you had to tell the cell processor to do it. And all the devs that they showed it to were like. We're not writing our own audio engine every time we make a freaking video game. Put a sound processor in that thing. But the problem with the PS3, in some degree, was the pipes were not big enough. Yeah. Like they, they, they were, they, you, you were constricted by how quickly the, the components could talk to each other. Yep. And on this one, they've built this thing to take advantage of this high-end, crazy SSD. Um, which, like, I admit, like, 
the rest of the specs they're kind of throwing at us are pretty close to what I was expecting them to do because I always thought they had to blow the doors off the hardware on this thing because as Cerny even said, you have to have a jump between this gen and the next gen that you can really see and look at and point to. But I didn't expect them to go this hard in on the SSD. That's a really interesting choice, and it makes me wonder what they've got up their sleeve on this thing, even going beyond the idea of games. And I wonder how big it is. Yeah. Because this doesn't sound like something you can replace. Nope. You know, a lot of people did take their PS4 hard drives out and replace them with, with their own SSDs, but if this is that specialized... No, this isn't an anything you shelf No, anything SSD. you replace is going to be a downgrade. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as we mentioned, physical media is a go. PlayStation 5, there yep. will be a disk drive in it. Although they did not... When they asked them if there would be a version without a disk drive, Mark Cerny's exact quote was, we are cloud gaming pioneers and our vision should become clear as we head toward launch. Meaning, yeah, we're probably going to make like a disc-free version. What, was, what kind of Nostradamus shit is that? Yeah. Like, that's like, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, so, it's like he played the wrong sound clip or something. Yep, yep. <laughs> so that's the information that we have. That's everything that Cerny mm. divulged to Wired. Now, do you think this is feasible? I mean, this basically sounds like they went to 100 PlayStation fans and was like, what do you want the console to have? And they're like, oh, it's got to run an AK. It's got to have this SSD that's 20 times faster than any other SSD. Like, it just seems crazy. It seems exactly what they have to do. But how much is this going to cost? It's going to be 500 they did not talk about RAM yet. That's they didn't talk about RAM. They didn't talk about cost. They didn't talk about price. Yeah. Um, and not release date, other than it's not other than coming 2020. this year. Yeah. Did they, they say 2020? They said 2020. Oh, they did. I missed that somehow. I mean, the Wired, I the saw, Wired article said 2020 all through oh, it. I just saw it with, where it said not 2019. Yeah. No, I, 2020, I've seen everywhere. I've seen oh, okay. it summed up. 2020, 2020. Okay. Over and over. Which is pretty much exactly what it's we what expected. what we said it was, yeah. Um... I mean, this is exactly what they need to do. This, this, what they're describing here is exactly what the PS5 has to be. Uh, and I think it's going to be 500. You can't go over 500. So he mentions in the article... Maybe they're going to take a loss on it, because none of this shit's cheap. Well, he but... mentioned in the article that an SS, he has an S external SSD drive for his PlayStation 4 Pro that costs more than the PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm -hmm. And the PlayStation 4 Pro is still like 400 bucks. Yeah, but if you get a big enough, I mean, you're talking about like five terabyte SSD drive, that's easily more. I mean, I looked into that for a while. Yeah, um, it's I decided, crazy expensive. I decided it was not worth the, yeah. the trade-off. And so you're getting a custom one made. I mean, obviously you're buying in bulk, so you get, mm -hmm. a, you get a cut at that. But still, man, holy crap. It's the price you got to pay to stay on top. I just don't know. I mean, they're gonna, to me, they're going to have to eat a lot of the cost. Like a lot. I think you're right, but I think they're on board. That would like, be awesome. If they will give us this machine at 500 or less, they, I don't think they will <laughs> dominate. Sony is not crazy enough to ever save 599 US dollars on stage again. Yeah, that I am convinced that they will never price. Even if they have to price another system, in that they will make it 572. They'll make it 650 or 570. <laughs> like they won't. They will never save 599 US dollars ever again. I, I definitely agree with that one. Um, and I think if you're going beyond that, obviously you're in 3DO territory, and that's crazy. Yeah. Um, my guess is 500. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think you can ask much more. You can't ask any more than that for a console, or people are going to no. rebel against it. I mean, unless you want to do multiple, a couple different SKUs and. 
you know. I mean, taking out a disk drive is going to save you twenty bucks. Pay an like, extra hundred bucks to get more space on the hard drive, but like when you're dealing with this SSD, I feel like you can't offer that kind of variability without like a massive price change. So. Who's going to pay an extra hundred bucks for another hundred, like one terabyte or something? That seems, you know, if you can even cost that. I think you're going to be looking at a one SKU, $500 machine. It just sounds too good to be true. Maybe, but like it's time to like, you know, I think this generation coming up is going to lock a lot of stuff down. I think a lot of stuff's going to change. A lot of stuff's going to finally coagulate that has been sort of, you know, brewing and brewing and, and formation. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's, do, it's yeah. like everything's sort of vaporous right now. And at some point um, in the next generation, it's all going to come together. We're going to see where it's all going to go and what the next kind of zeitgeist is going to be. And Sony wants to, needs to make sure that they are the system everybody has, especially if you're going to end up launching simultaneously again, which it looks like they might. Mm -hmm. So you got to have a reason this thing is going to be worth buying over the Xbox, and for me, the reason it's worth buying over the Xbox is going to be the Sony's first party lineup. Like, I mean, it's always going to be, I'm going to have to have a, a PlayStation because I want to play the stuff that Sony publishes themselves. And that, to me, is what Sony has done this generation. For sure. It, it went from a platform where I'm like, yeah, I like most of its exclusives, to, oh, I can't go without playing these exclusives. Yes. I mean... Certainly that's the difference between <clears throat> PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. And the me. difference between PlayStation and Xbox, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I like, mean, I, that's I, really where like it is You're now. still at a point where Xbox needs to convince me more. Nintendo can than, still compete, first party, oh, sure. but Microsoft can't. But Microsoft is the one that has to prove themselves to me, like, why do I need to buy your next system? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Because, somebody... look, you know, even if Sony doesn't announce anything concrete, I know God of War 2's on there. Yeah. I, I, you know, I know there's going to be stuff that is going to be you know, all-time great stuff on that system that's coming out of Sony themselves. Oh, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Horizon I mean, 2. You can just Absolutely. go on and on. It's like, it, you have to own the PlayStation, no doubt. So, yeah, I mean, and you have to own a Switch if you want to play or whatever the yeah. subsequent system will be, you know, a few years from now, if you want to play Nintendo's output, which I think most people who like video games in general do. Yep. Uh, Microsoft is the one that has to convince me you're worth owning. Like, Forza Horizon's not going to convince me to buy a platform. No. Even the new Halo. I mean, the new Halo would just have to be mind-bending for me to spend five hundred dollars yeah. just to play it. Like. And that's that's the the interesting part is it's almost Sony this this E3. It's almost Sony stepping back and being like, and being like, whatever. What do you want to show us? <laughs> what you got? I'll say this: you know? if somebody emailed me and it was like somebody I trusted, I knew was in the industry, and they're like, "Hey Shane, like I have a scoop on PlayStation Five, and." They sent me this information, I would not run it. I wouldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I'd be like, there's no way they're going to fit all that into a consumer-priced device. Yeah. I would be like, that's yeah. a $1,000 console. Yeah, well, we kind of had that conversation a couple weeks ago. Yeah. On that, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I have always believed that the next-generation systems are going to be, from a hardware perspective, they have to be crazy. And the funny thing is, Sony was the one I wasn't sure if they were the one. Of the two, I thought if there's one of them is going to punt, it'd be Sony. Yeah. Because Microsoft's always been now that neither one of them pretty can dedicated punt. to power. Well, yeah. now Microsoft can't punt. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they were planning to. Yeah. But now you're going to be like Microsoft's like, well, I guess we're going for the the upper end of, yeah. of our scheme. You know, I mean, you, you got to have a period where like you're kind of deciding, oh, we're going to do it like this, like this. If this is going to be the upper upper limit, it's going to be we're going for the slightly cheaper. 
But now it's like Microsoft's going to have to like, you know, their, their, their headway that they've made has been because they had the most powerful system that sold With better the than they thought yeah. and plays multi-platform games better. So that means if you want to beat Sony at that in this one, you are going to have to put a alien mic- super machine in this thing. I mean, I mean, both of them are going to lose so much money on this hardware. Yeah. And look, it, it's probably not a big deal for Sony. It'll make all that money back 20-fold on software sales. But if you end up being the third wheel, the third guy out, mm-hmm. man, it could put a hurting on you yeah, big Microsoft, time. I mean, Microsoft can absorb the cost, but at, the, at a certain point, Microsoft's got to look at whether this is worth it right. anymore. Yeah. Um, just from a standard, you know... Business perspective. Business perspective. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Nintendo's like, what? <laughs> we don't play your games. The the, the new one uh, runs it at 1080. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> I took this processor out of my cell phone and I yeah. put it here in this thing, and we're still doing great. On apparently, the chat's been talking. The chat was talking about apparently while we've been on, Nintendo announced Smash 2 3.0, and apparently there's a whole lot of crazy stuff coming to that. Oh really? Smash Ultimate 3.0 is going to have some crazy additions, but I haven't seen anything because we've been here. Oh well, we it's we, been a big. It's a big day. It is a big day. We did see this past week though, Nintendo ran this fluffy, like, commercial. And if you actually paid attention to the commercial, it shows Smash Brothers, and it shows a stage builder, a me- the menu for a stage builder in the commercial. Huh. So there's going to be some kind of thing where you can construct your own stages for Smash Brothers coming, like, this summer or whatever. And it, it, the funny part was, it came into our admin, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, this is another one of those fluffy... Yeah, here it is. Uh... From earlier, Smash Ultimate Joker release. This is from Newsweek. We can get, Newsweek. We, we'll get to that in like wow, the Q and A or whatever. Um, You're right. Stage builder and video editing. Yeah. So it was crazy though. I didn't curate the trailer because we they put those out like one a week, where it's just like like you and me like playing Switch and having fun and like drinking Kool Aid and like they put out these fluffy things all the time. And I was like, oh, there's another one, and I just wiped it out and didn't curate it. And it turns out hidden in that fluffy commercial was a screen of Smash that showed the level build. <laughs> Crazy. They're just having fun. Yeah. So, they're, I think we're toying with you. I guess. So, I think we can both agree PlayStation 5, holy cow, two thumbs up. If I had three thumbs, I'd stick that one up yeah. too. I mean, unless it, unless it does turn out to be $1,000, then, right. then we're in a that different would be the deal a different term. But um, I still would you buy it if it were $1,000? Um, that's a good question. I mean, once one of the sequels to one of the things, I really, if like a Horizon 2 or God of War 2 came out, I mean, I might wait and hope it dropped to 900 by then or something. <laughs> but like, I might pay pay it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't either, but um, I just, hypothetically, would I, you? Uh, it would really depend on the launch lineup. <laughs> if, you, if you put another kill zone out, I ain't buying that. Yeah, yeah, but, definitely uh, not. I don't know. I it, mean, just the fact that we're thinking about it, though, I yeah. think shows the power of some. Also, the fact it's like, studio. like, look, if you put that thing out for a ridiculous amount of money, but you, but the, you know, the reports from Digital Foundry or something come back and be like, God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn run at 4K, 60 frames a second with HD, all this, and they upgrade, uh, did the all these audio things, and, and they've got ray tracing now, yeah. and they did all this, and I'm just like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, like, because look, like they make some of my favorite games of the generation, and games I will go back to and play over and over again, including those two and Spider-Man and all. I mean, it's an investment in, in making these previous games that are were great and I still love even better. In addition to the new stuff coming, that's the thing. Is like once you make this sort of an in an all-inclusive ecosystem, you don't have to tantalize me just with the new library. You can be like, hey, all those things you already own, they're even better now. 
Yeah. And that's a that's a that's a real thing. It know? is real. You know, Absolutely. it's not it's not like standard backwards compatibility. It's like, hey, you can play all your old games. Like you can no. play all your old games. And they don't look like your old games. And they look like new games. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, and a, that's been a strength of Microsoft too on the Xbox One X. Like I'm, I'm like three guesses what I'm doing after this show is over. I'm going to grab my Ninja Gaiden too. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I think that's going to cap it. That's pretty much all the information we have on PlayStation 5. Yeah. I think that will serve us well for many discussions to come, particularly once we get a look at what Microsoft's going to announce yeah. here. Yeah, in it's, it really weeks. is like, hey, Microsoft, you're up. Ball's in your court. Let's yeah. see it. I mean, it's crazy, dude. I cannot believe these are the specs. I still can't believe it. But uh, I'm not disappointed one bit. No, I'm, not I'm at all. Happy with that. Yeah, again, depending on price. Depending on price, but I feel like, I really feel they're going to eat the eat what they need to eat and call it 500. Yeah. Which is still a lot of money. It is. But yeah. like it's still way more than what we paid for for, last for this gen. Yeah. yeah, but like it's for that hardware, it's worth every penny. It's worth double that. Like that's why I said $1000 when you pay it cuz that's really what it's going to probably end up being worth. Yeah. Or at least 750. Like it's crazy. Imagine the days when we paid 750 for the 3DO. I know. I I didn't buy it. I didn't. Yeah. I, know. I had a friend I, that did though. I had a roommate. My roommate sophomore year of college had one. Um, I had he, a friend that bought it when it came out. He worked at a, and the funny part was he bought it. He worked in car audio, and he worked at this crazy car audio place where they just installed crazy booming systems in cars. And that was where 3DO was sending that thing to be sold to hmm. like these audio wow. shops. And he got it at cost, which still was insanely priced, but he got his at cost. And I got to go over to his house and mm. play like the two games that were worth playing. And yeah, he had, my roommate just had, he, he came from a super rich family and basically just like had all the toys and he brought them to the dorm room and just left them there all the time. And I'm at one time he, he told me, he's, he's like, yeah, play whatever you want. So I, so one time when he was out with his friend, I, he had all the stack of games, and so I was mostly playing Street Fighter because like that was the best version of Street, Super Street yeah. Fighter Two Turbo. But I put in Supreme Warrior. You remember that that FMV martial arts game? Oh yeah, yeah, it was I do like remember. first person. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, I just, I couldn't. You know, I've never been very good at FMV games, so I just like stuck with it and figured and got through like five or six guys on it. And then he and his friend came back, and they're like, "Oh, you're playing this." Did you get somewhere in that game? Like, <laughs> you like beat they, somebody. Like they had, they had been like trying. They couldn't. They'd been playing for like months and couldn't, couldn't even beat even one guy. guy. Like, how did you do? And so like suddenly it became a Supreme Warrior party. Uh, like it was a, um, <laughs> I, and I remember playing uh, Need for Speed, the original Need yeah. for Speed on that and stuff. I mean, what I remember the most is like Dragon's Lair. Yeah, but the because idea that was that, really the first console that could play the arcade perfect version of Dragon's right. Lair. Right, but I just remember doing you know even like halfway through playing the Supreme Warrior stuff, I was like, I can't believe you paid seven hundred dollars yeah. for this thing. Like, it, it, nothing on that justified that unless you absolutely needed to have an arcade perfect version of Super Turbo. Yeah, and most of the people, except for him, no one I knew did. Yeah. <laughs> I knew some people who owned the arcade board, but they did not yeah. buy a three DO. Yep. All right, so it's time for our trailer of the week. One thing I want to do, I want to do kind of an informal poll um, in the chat while we're watching the trailer of the week. Of course, you know that's also your time to get your questions in, and we'll answer your questions. But I want you guys to put in the chat while the trailer of the week is running, what is the maximum amount, and I mean maximum, don't just like say, well, I don't want to suggest that they should charge this much. Tell us what you the maximum is you would pay for the PlayStation 5 in the chat. And when we get back from the trailer of the week, we'll look at it and see what you guys are saying about it. Um, our trailer of the week, it has been a very slow week for games. As you can tell, we talked about a PlayStation VR game and EDF today. So it's been a slow week for game releases, but probably the biggest we'll release... Talk about EDF because I don't skip EDFs. <laughs> Except for Insect Armageddon. That one sucked. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but probably the biggest release this week, oddly enough, was a game called World War Z, which is essentially Left 4 Dead set in the World War Z universe, if there's such a thing. Now there is, I guess. Yeah, I just created it right here on Game Face. Uh, but anyway, the game's. I think the game's actually already out. It hasn't been getting great reviews. Yeah. I didn't get review code till today, though, which is a little weird. Mm. I guess I just got it on release day. But uh, but anyway, the game is out, and here is the launch trailer. So there you go. Well, that poll thing in the chat worked. We need to do this more often. Everybody responded. Um, well, most everybody. There's a lot of replies in here. Um, let's see. I'm just going to go down and read them off. Ultimate Villain, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. And thank you for waiting until this part of the show so we could recognize you. Uh, let's see. Five ninety nine, four fifty, three ninety nine. Someone will only pay four hundred. I think he, he may be waiting for the PS five hmm. then. Uh, five hundred, six fifty, five hundred, six hundred, six hundred, six fifty, five hundred, seven hundred, five hundred max, five hundred. Okay, so not using math. No. I would say the average max most people are willing to pay is 600 Yeah. I mean, 600 is the maximum I've ever paid. Yeah. The PS3. 599 US dollars. Yeah. Sound Wizard, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime, man. Appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like most people maximum 600 bucks, and that's the breaking point. Thank you, Joaquin Dragon, for the bits and the cheer. Appreciate it. Okay. I think that, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's the most anyone's ever really had to spend for a console, so it makes sense that that is the most they'd be willing to pay. Until. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, though, if it did come in at, like, 750 800 mm. if a lot of these people that are saying their max is, like, 500 or whatever, if they would break. I mean, people broke for the PlayStation 3. Everybody's yeah. like, I'm not paying that. And and it still sold pretty well. Yeah. I didn't intend to. And then suddenly we got word in. It's like, oh, Best Buy has a bunch of them down the street. And I remember I went, I went with Morgan and Adam. And we went and bought PlayStation 3. And I still have it. It's still functioning. It's a 60 gig. I have the 60, 60 gig, gig fat. Yep, 60 gig fat. Still plays all the stuff natively. I, can, I even shoved in like Jeopardy for PlayStation 1 <laughs> like nine <laughs> just, months ago. And it works. It yeah. works. It's crazy. All right, let's get to some questions. Uh, w. Matthew, as always, this might be a question more for Matt, uh, but which would you prefer? Now that we know the rough specs, would you rather use the extra power to get 60 frames per second or native 4K and better graphics? I prefer 60 frames per second over 30 and better graphics. I don't care. You kind of answered this already. I a think. little bit, but also, like, I don't care. Like, 
I like 60 frames a second, but I also like pretty things. My, yeah. It's more important to me that this frame rate be steady. I think it's game by game, honestly. It is game by game. Like, I mean, what I, I, you know, Mortal Kombat's got to be 60. Yeah, like Call of like, Duty. Can I go back to playing that at 30 frames a second now? No. Hell no. But like, in general, especially if you're talking like kind of like action games or RPGs or something, like, like say Sekiro or whatever, I like 60, prefer 60, but it's more important to me that it's steady. Like the thing, that, the yeah. thing that bothers me is not that it's 30 frames a second; it's when it's dipping to 22. It's erratic, you know, yeah. and you can't predict um, how it's going to perform. Yeah, so it's not it's not a it's not a deal breaker for me to not be 60. Um, but I do I do like it when there's options of you know more bells and whistles, slower lower frame rate, but or you know more streamlined graphics and 60. I don't think we'll have to choose. I think these new consoles are going to be set up like PCs, where you're going to be able to go in and say, I want. A better resolution or you mm -hmm. can dial back the frame rate and give me a better resolution i think i think the scalability has become enough of a thing in the console space now especially for first party stuff for sony that i, I would expect to see that pretty standard moving yeah. forward uh let's see the legacy do you think playstation 5 will be released in spring or fall 2020 fall yeah i think spring's way too early and i don't even think it's like a hardware problem it, it might be a manufacturing issue i think it's more content yeah. Um, and look, he said that developers have been working on it for a while. The fact that he didn't say two years or a year means that it's been less than a year, at least in my opinion. Uh, so I just don't think there's content for it. It's, it, it's great mm -hmm. that it's backwards compatible because technically there's tons of content available for it. But if you don't have something that really shows off that hardware, no one's going to buy it. Yeah. It's like no one's going to buy it just to play. And you, go, you want it in the holiday season. You want it in there for Black Friday. You want it to be the talk of the holiday season. But I think I know I asked the question because the Switch obviously launched. Right. And it did very, very well in that window. Right. But the Switch is, first off, the Switch had Zelda. Second, yeah. um, the Switch was kind of exciting in and of what it was of itself. Yeah, all on its own. Um, yeah. And also, I still think the Switch launched as when it did because... Uh, they needed to get out there. And it launched too early. I think that system launched too early in terms of how long it took them to get a bunch of their normal stuff that you would expect as a standard operating thing for a system in these days done. Online, anyone. Yeah. Um, but they had to get out front because they, they, had a, a, they had a visibility problem, basically, in the mainstream game. They, you know, they, were, they had the fans, but you had to make it something that people that weren't maybe on board of the Wii U were willing to look at and jump in on, and it worked. Yeah. I don't think Sony has that problem with this. Okay. I think I think you're looking at Godzilla versus King Kong here more than like something that needs to sort of differentiate itself. Uh, here's one from J. Reed Vic Seven with Tales from the Borderlands original characters showing up in the Borderlands Three trailer. Is this the first time that something that Telltale created with a licensed IP ever ended up back in the source material? Also, is Randy being out front and doing magic during reveal basically a middle finger to everybody, including Take Two PR? Um. I mean, I can't. I mean, I guess so. Uh, I don't know Minecraft very well, so I don't know if anything from Minecraft story mode has popped up in mainstream Minecraft. Probably. I don't know. It probably was popping up while it was happening. Um, Those synergies the, are usually there are pretty couple, well aligned. There are a couple of portrayals of the Batman characters in the Telltale Batman games that resemble Gotham, but I think that might have been more parallel than taking from game. Yeah. Um, yeah, Those are really the only two examples. Really, that it, have. yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't think anything Walking Dead really moved to the TV show or anything. No, definitely not. Yeah, I mean that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, it's, uh, Tales from the Borderlands is probably the best Borderlands content ever made. So, certainly in terms of narrative and characters, so you might as well leverage that. Yep. 
I'm sure Gearbox owns all those things outright anyway, so why not? Yep. Also, it's a nice homage to Telltale. As for Randy... <laughs> oh, um, yeah, Randy's magic. I don't know. I don't... I, no, he just loves just magic. Just what he does. Magic he is He just wants thing. to subject people to his magic. <laughs> I mean, that's really what Although it is. Although he gets upset if you ask him to do magic. Right. Well, I think a lot of magicians are that way, though. Because, quote, he's not a trained seal. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Whatever that I mean. Exactly. Whatever I'm that I'm not asking to balance a ball on your nose. I just want to see you do something on a card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... No, it's his thing. His great uncle, his uncle, or his great uncle, whatever. He's, he's a great Blandini or something. Cardi- the, the the great Cardini. Cardini, um, yeah. And uh, one of the all-time greats, you know, uh, among magicians. If you say Cardini, everyone knows who Cardini was. It's so, been interesting to see all these people that watch our stream that never comment, commenting about their price for uh, PlayStation Five. Get involved, mm-hmm. folks. We're here every Tuesday night. Uh, let's see. Here's one from Justin Horman. Fallen Order has been described as a as Force Unleashed, but good. What other flawed game from the past do you wish someone would give a serious try at making that game, but good? I'd like to see Dragon Age, but good. Well, I think a lot of people would argue with you that they think that it already has been good. Yeah, well, they're wrong. <laughs> uh, Dragon Age, all the Dragon Ages have been bad in some way or another, in different ways. I give them credit for that. Uh, but I hate Dragon Age 1. Um, I think the story is boring and generic. The only character I like or remember is Alistair. And the entire thing was built in the Aurora engine as kind of a, a test run. And it's very obvious. Like, I find it very primitive, even for its time. Yeah. I didn't like it at the time. I like it even less now. Um, I would, And I'm, I frankly, as someone who didn't like Dragon Age 1, did not particularly like Dragon Age 2, although I liked it better. Blasphemy. Um, <laughs> and thought Inquisition was fine but boring. I am very concerned about Dragon Age 4 being sort of what Edmonton Bioware is sort of hinging themselves on here. Um, so yes, I would like to see Dragon Age, but good. Which I, <laughs> I'm hoping that's what Dragon Age 4 ends up being. Yeah. I'm going to say Anthem. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad I know it's crazy like, with questions like this to pick a game that's so recent, but I like the core of Anthem's gameplay so much that I feel like if they could get somebody to fix all the other parts of it, it could be amazing. So mm-hmm. that's my pick. Uh, to Faust for you. Since the PlayStation 5 is using a custom-built SSD, do you think that they're going to sell proprietary SSDs in a similar vein to the way the Vita sold proprietary memory cards? Yes. That would be very Sony. I thought we already kind of hinted at this when we were talking about it earlier. At least I was hinting at it. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. I... Yes, I think absolutely. Well, you, you were saying that you can't just go into a store and buy a replacement. And then I was like, exactly. That's like the whole idea is that they have you buy the cojones mm. anytime you need memory. And yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. But I don't think you're going to need to either. I think that... Yeah, I mean, the, the difference there between that and the Vita is the Vita didn't come with that. Right. The, yeah. the Vita, you basically had to, had buy, to buy the one. stupid yeah. proprietary memory chip. Uh, or you could barely save anything. It was like a tiny little bit of inboard, onboard memory. Um, I would guess that the SSD on this thing is going to be at least a terabyte, which is enough to at least manage. Yeah. You know? You can get by with a terabyte easily. I mean, my PS4 Pro still isn't full. And I even went back and like downloaded old games. And- mm-hmm. My Pro's full uh, with a two terabyte drive I put in it. But uh, I keep a lot of stuff installed thinking like, oh, I'll go back and finish that any minute now. Well, Red Dead 2 takes up 100 gigs, so you can delete that and install another three games. I got that on my my Xbox. Because my Xbox, I have like a huge thing. It's like a, I think it's a five terabyte. Damn. 
external that I stuck in it, and no it's joke. it's fine. I bet it is. It was like eighty bucks on Amazon wow. one day. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna order yeah, that. That's a do great that. deal. Uh, Super Cord on Blue. Now that Sony has more or less played their hand with the PlayStation Five, how likely is it that Microsoft outdoes Sony with the new Xbox specs? Is it even necessary to do so? I mean, you at least got to be on par. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to match the proprietary SSD. Um, in, in exchange, they would probably just go hard line on the on the graphics power. I guess it, I, it's you're you're you really are bleeding edge. You know, you know, number to number on this thing. So whatever they're going to pull out, whatever Microsoft's going to pull out, I would I would more say it's going to be comparable rather than yeah beating it. I think more than anything, Microsoft just needs to be in the ballpark. Yeah, I I don't think you're going to see another thing like where the Xbox One was. Just not, I mean, part of the and it reason, needs to be more in the ballpark yeah. than the Xbox One was. Yeah, and part of the reason the Xbox One had a problem was because, uh, you know, it's was, it was largely designed by people who were designing it as a set-top box on a gaming system, and and it had slow RAM. Yep. Because they wanted more RAM to run all the UI crap uh, that that horrible user interface needed and the OS needed, um, so they got slower, which meant cheaper RAM, so they could put more RAM in it. And that's one of the reasons the Xbox One was a problem in, in comparison to the PS4. Uh, this time, I would guess that the RAM in the Xbox is going to be very fast. Yes. Um, yep, I'd agree. The one thing I will definitely say is, like, the RAM in the Xbox One, Xbox Next, or whatever it is, um, is going to be top of the line. Yeah. That would be, I bet, where they spare no expense. Yeah, but you're will right. Will that if help it's, them? If it's I don't know. proprietary tech that Sony's worked on, there's nothing Microsoft can do about the yeah. hardware. Now, now, I will say that I'm... I mean, I'm, it could put a stock SSD yeah. in or it. Microsoft, look, Microsoft is also not stupid. They probably know that that's where some interesting... You know, speed and, and access... Speed of access to your through your RAM and also through your hard drive are, are going to be key. And, you know, considering how sluggish the Xbox One is even today... No, it still is! Even today. It's crazy. It also takes so long to boot the thing up, man. Like, yeah. I mean, again, I have the base Xbox One. I no, don't, mine's still I, pretty I don't slow. And you I can see how long it takes. And it literally takes, like, two minutes before the green screen shows up. Then the green screen shows up and sits there for another two minutes. It's like, just everything about that hardware is so clunky. It doesn't and take that long on the X, but it does take a surprising amount of time to check for updates. It's it's a, it's it's still flipping through the blades on yeah, Xbox One is slow chunky. and it's sluggish. Chunky. Like it, it's faster on the X, but it's still chunky. It's still like even browsing the store is just like really like just yeah cl- no everything. And, it just takes forever. So yeah, I would Weird. I would expect that to be a priority on this. So I think speed is going to be definitely on the mind of both Sony and Microsoft. We'll have to wait and see how much cost Microsoft's willing to eat. To, to, to get these things in our homes, uh, but in the past, Microsoft has been willing to eat a lot of cost to get the to get the razor in the house because they got razor blades to sell you. But that's the question: is what are the razor blades they're going to sell us? Because that's their their big variable. Is are all these things all these developers they're buying going to pay off? Yep. Uh, a couple more uh, Majora Tom ninety one. Do you think we get full backwards compatibility with PlayStation 5 or will it be more like what Microsoft has done with Xbox One where it's a little more curated? It's full, I think. I think it's, I think you're literally sharing hardware architecture. Yeah. I, I'll say I didn't read his question maybe right at, the, at first. I, I thought maybe he was insinuating, like, is it going to keep going back generations to PS3, PS2? No, I think he means in a way that, like, you only get backwards compatibility on the Xbox One when they add stuff. When they specifically yeah. add the backwards compatibility. No, I think it's going to be native. Yeah, I think it'll just work like a PC, yeah. honestly. Um, 
I can't see Mark Cerny doing anything else. I mean, certainly it's what they tried with the, with the PlayStation 3 until they decided it was too expensive to slap an emotion engine in every single system. Uh, here's Mitchell is alive. Should I get Days Gone? I'm worried. Me too. I can't answer frankly. that yet. I, yeah, I, I don't... I um, can't tell you. I'm going to find out about the same time everybody else does. Well, uh, obviously, next week, Days Gone will be on the show. Probably Mortal Kombat. Um, it depends on when the embargo is up for that. Uh, but both those games should be on the show next week, and we should be able to tell you them, but I can't help you right now, unfortunately. Uh, let's see one more if we have... Oh, there's tons more. Sorry, guys, I can't answer all these, unfortunately. Um, some are just people giving us comments. All right, here's a new person on our stream, and I want to use his question. Madiste, I believe is how you say it. First of all, thank you for watching the show, man. appreciate it. Uh, you guys heard earlier about E3 that Sony is usually counterpunching. Microsoft by going second. Do you see a Nintendo Direct type of Sony event some days after E3 to counter Microsoft? I don't know. I mean, Sony has already directly said they will not be activating on or around E3. So maybe we would get one like a month later. But like Sony is, has, and of course plans change. Like, you know, if Microsoft has something really strong, Sony might find it necessary to move. But they have already said, we are not doing anything at E3 or around E3. Yeah. So right now, we have every reason to believe from Sony's own mouth, we will not see that. We will not. Yeah, but, we'll see. But we <laughs> I don't also know. It's not a terrible idea. I, I don't think it matters. I mean, look, if you think about it's it, over like, a year okay, and a half we got away. the initial information out there. Well, look, the initial information's out there, which also means that because it hit the news cycle first, uh, it's the first thing that's going to be mentioned in these news stories. Yeah. You know, but they're not, they haven't said it's PlayStation 5, but they're going to be, you know, it's going to be the next PlayStation was already in, already talked about in April. Now Microsoft is going to say, so Microsoft's already second banana there in the news cycle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've got another year. You know, yeah. next E3 is, you know, E3 2020. That's when you show the games, though. Is, yeah, but like that's going to be the showdown. Um, and that's where you're going to need to have people talking about these new systems, what they can do, which one, which games they run better, which games run better on which system, which system does this more, does that more, does that more. I mean, that's where it's really going to matter. Like, yeah. right now, I mean, I don't know. I still don't know what Sony's doing. I mean, ultimately, it always comes down to the games. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Hardware is hardware, but it doesn't mean anything unless there's great software to mm -hmm. play on it. So it will ultimately come down to the games. The problem is that Sony has a huge head start on Microsoft where that's concerned. Yeah. Whereas Microsoft is buying studios now and getting games going at those studios now. Well, you Sony ago. has tons of studios that have been creating games all along and have already created prequels to what are going to be sequels on PlayStation 5. It's Microsoft has its work cut out for it. I'll put yeah. it that way. I mean, they've not impossible to overcome. No, they're, they're they're playing it as well as they can. I think in terms of who they're buying and what they're probably going to attempt. Yeah. But like, they are the ones with something to prove much more oh, yeah. than the other two. Yep, for sure. So that's it. That's a wrap for Game Face episode one sixty four. Thanks for everyone on the stream. You guys asked great questions. I wish we could have got to them all. Um, another reminder uh, for those of you watching on YouTube: please subscribe via Twitch Prime, or better yet, go to our Patreon and pledge. That would be awesome. Uh, Patreon cash is far more reliable than uh, Twitch Prime, but if you can't afford it, um, you can give us $250 free every month with Twitch Prime as long as you're an Amazon Prime member. So instructions are down below. We'd really appreciate it if you're enjoying Game Face, and it seems like a lot of you are. So 
With that, we'll be back next week. We're going to have a big show with two huge games we're going to talk about. Until then, have a great week. Game Face is up and out. Thank <laughs> you.